Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's the Mark Order Podcast, and my wife is going to stab me for yelling and screaming like a maniac. It's April 7th, 2021. I guess we we have to start, uh, I guess we have to say what day it is because... Uh, now it's not like Dynamite Post Show. It's Mark Order Podcast. Episode one was last week. This is episode two. And you know what? We're going to come up with fun, catchy names for each episode that you probably have to do with what we talked about. Last week was Welcome to the Mark Order. Uh, the over-under for how many times I say were the Dark Order for April. Kate, what did you put it at? Oh, gosh. I don't know if we ever actually came up with a number, but what did you say? DeGrom's strikeout under over was the other day? Eight and oh, a half? Eight and a half. Broke my heart. That feels that feels good. Let's say eight. All right. <laughs> I feel good. I feel um, I am just as excited as last week, but I don't think I have the butterflies like I did last week. Uh, I am Shining Wizards Matt. Uh, no. You know what? No. I am number one. There it is. Of the Mark Order podcast. I am flanked by... Uh, Number two, the Pod Slayer KTG, and uh, number three, Ant Money. We are the Mark Order Podcast, uh, your home for everything AEW on Wednesday nights, right after Dynamite. Uh, if you're listening to us live, uh, we appreciate you. If you're watching us on Facebook, thank you. Tell a friend. We need to get those Facebook uh, page likes up. Uh, and if you're listening in podcast form, thank you for downloading uh, and checking out the show. Uh, at Mark Order Pod on the Twitter machine, uh, hit us up. I know we got a couple new listeners last week. Uh, share with us uh, what you disagree with uh, with us. You know, let's have some conversations, some back and forth, a volley. Uh, we're not going to call you an idiot. We're not going to call you a dummy. Uh, we like that you have a different opinion, and maybe uh, you shedding some light on the situation, seeing it the way you do, might open our eyes, or at least let us. Um, think differently you know maybe see it through your your lenses how you guys doing tonight no anthony says no he's out no still mark still <laughs> stupid no i i'm excited because we did have a couple of new listeners who were talking with us on twitter and stuff which was awesome to hear people's incorrect as Ant pointed out thoughts and opinions uh of the people who are lesser than us uh no <laughs> completely kidding but super super fun that we I've branded ourselves this way. We had people putting their emails in the email list, which is super exciting. I loved it. I got my hair done. So now I'm very blonde and my hair is in color shock. So I don't know what to do with it, but I just feel like new podcast, new hair, new you, like we're onto it. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm feeling good, man. It has been quite a week and I'm happy we're back with episode two, one and one or two, episode two. 
uh, of the Mark Order podcast. Thanks to everybody who has found us and uh, is following us on social. Uh, and I'm totally kidding uh, when I say they're idiots and they're marks. Uh, no, it's awesome when we talk to people and they give us uh, different feedback, ways that we weren't necessarily thinking, and conversations that we can open up. So please follow up with us. We try to, like, if we get a whole bunch of stuff, we will definitely bring it up on this show. So drop us your questions, your, you know, thought starters, your conversation starters, and we'll bring them up. Uh Kate, that reminds me, I have to pull down that email list because I want to, <laughs> I want to add to it. So, um, you know, I might have to reach out to the people who've already submitted to join the Mark Order. Thank you if you did, uh, because we might need some additional information for some fun things I've kind of gotten the hopper. So uh, thank you to everybody who's participated and who's joined us. Uh, also, it's really fun. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, Ann. If you go... Uh, and you want to listen to uh, the first episode we did last last week, go to jointhemarkorder.com. Uh, it's set up to look like a dummy website for like five to seven seconds. Just let it sit for a minute, and then it'll let you into the feed, and you can listen to uh, to our first episode. Yeah, I think we're going to monkey around with the website a little bit because uh, uh, it's a little funky, and none of us are webmasters. That funky uh, we- monkey. Yeah, we have to rely on uh, the old man Tony on the Monday okay. Night Show. Even though I said I'd never call him old again, he's still pretty old. Say hello, Nelly. Nelly's got a whole new audience she wants to say hello to. Say hello, Nelly. They've never seen her butthole yet. This is Nelly. Nelly likes to. For those of you who are new and listening in audio form, Nelly is a cat. It's not. So... Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe right? I should have been like, you should tune in on the Facebook to see Nelly's Nelly butthole. butthole. Who's Nelly? Yeah, and then people would be like, oh my God. And then they'd be like, why is this fucking cat's butt the whole show? I didn't even know Nelly Furtado was a wrestling fan, and she's out here showing her butt for us. Man, I would love a Furtado. What if it was Nelly, like, it's getting hot in her, and he took off all his clothes and showed his butthole? There it is. Wow. It'd be like if you count the rings, you could tell how old he is. It's like a tree. (laughs) (laughs) So it's what, six, five, or six, right? Who's that? Nelly? My cat guess, or Nelly know. is getting hot on her. It's getting hot on her. I don't know how old Nelly is. Uh, I don't know if you can see my shirt. Uh, yeah, I, I want to ask about it. I wore this just for you, Anthony, per our text conversation last night. Uh, this is an insane clown posse T-shirt. I am a juggalo. Uh, it's got Shaggy 2 Dope on it. Uh, and there's a big hatchet man on the back. I'm not a big. Oh. I'm not as big of a juggalo as my brother is. Uh, but I am a juggalo, and I did share with you that wonderful uh, painting of me all all juggaloed out in the clown makeup. That is true. You did share that. So, so in the Bowman household, you're all down with the clown until you're six feet in the ground, huh? We are. And would you like to know why we're down with the clown? Why is that? Because I found uh, Stranglemania VHS at the mall at one of those Sam Goody stores, and I didn't know what it was. But I was like, I've never heard of this. I know who I know the matches. Like I know the people on the back of this, but I don't know what it is. And I put that shit in the the VCR at home, and uh, and fucking. So what's if you're not familiar, Stranglemania, what ICP did, the Insane Clown Posse, and I didn't know who they were before Stranglemania. They took footage from all these Japanese death matches and they did commentary over them. It's Fucking hysterical. Cactus Jack was Cactus Sack. Terry Funk was Drunk Terry Flunk. 
uh, and this was unbelievable. And at the end of, and the, it's hysterical. There's a second one too with Lama Nama Numi, uh, and um, uh, Sweet Baby Bitch Tits. Uh, it's hysterical. It's fucking hysterical. They show footage of like a 1950s movie, and I guess it's like a like a like a horror movie. But there's like a wrestling battle royal in it, and in the middle, the dude turns into a bat and flies out of the ring. And they're like, "Oh, he's going to throw him over the rope!" Holy shit, he turned into a fucking bat! What the fuck? So at the end of this strangle mania, there's an ICP video, chicken hunting, and then my brother just went full into insane clown posse mode and then i was along for the ride with the great malenko and the juggalos and the fago spraying so uh i don't know anthony accidentally sent me and kate a a juggalo like news article about a man who has a a remedy for every flavor of fago it does something you got like the bumps on your dick you put like the what you you know that that wasn't a real yes i know thing, that right? wasn't a real okay thing. i just want to make sure because you were really talking about it like it was real sorry i broke kayfabe go ahead man <laughs> i mean look if you're dumb enough to think that putting uh soda on your junk will get rid of your dick warts uh you got worse problems than dick warts buddy <laughs> i i mean you've seen some of the juggalos that go to the gathering of the juggalos right i have i've have had uh I've, I've had a couple encounters with some juggalos and juggalettes. Um, I don't think I'm in a position to say uh, anything negative about somebody's looks, but some of them uh, could use a stare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matt, what's a net in? A net, that's a pussy. Okay. So I've seen that term used, and I'm like, I have no idea what that is. What's up, Ray? So, <laughs> is re by the way since re just walked in is re aware of your juggalo love re are you aware that i'm a juggalo she's not she's just doing that thing where she just looks over and... she won't answer the question re i need to know anthony needs to know if you know that i'm a juggalo like for real the wedding's off. she said no the wedding's off jokes on her <laughs> <laughs> Ink is dry. She got married on a boat, so she couldn't run away if she found out last minute. That's right. Thinking, thinking. Well, it's interesting, Matt. I didn't really, I really didn't know how deep you went with the Juggalo stuff. Uh, it's uh, shocking the things you learn after you commit to doing a rebranded podcast with somebody. I'll tell you what. I know a lot about things I shouldn't know uh, a good amount of stuff about. So murder. Yeah, I just. It's never appealed to me. I just even like I've I don't know. I just listen to their music and I'm like, this is not great. I don't understand. I mean, look, fair enough. I get it. I mean, I'm not like, you know, after the six Joker cards, a couple forgotten freshnesses, like I don't know what they've been doing the last couple of years because I was like super like I was like, oh, their, their, their whole thing was like. They were talking about, uh, like, after the sixth Joker card falls, you're going to find out, like, what it's all about. And it's like, the truth is we father follow God. And I was like, what is this fucking horse shit? Are you fucking right. kidding me? Well, they pulled a Kanye, huh? Did they do a gospel album? No, but it was super, like, I'm like, I'm walking around saying, like, you know, fuck your net and bitch and, you know. <laughs> I don't understand this phenomena. We fucking these hoes that look like blah, blah, you know, and now I, they're talking. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. On don't want to do a wrestling podcast and just want to do a whole episode where uh, Matt is rapping. I like fucking crack heads with one tit. And I do it in the drop of a dime. And I get the scabies almost every time. Don't suck at tone. Talk about my nutsack. I don't front jack. I got bugs on my ball sack. Very wow. important question. Bugs like, on my nuts. Huge. Was there Juggalo music as your MBW like ring music? No, I never used Juggalo music. Um, uh, I used just uh, the likeness. I used a Merciful Fate song. That's a okay. good one, though. Yeah. It was well, why wouldn't why wouldn't you paint your face then to look like the king instead of a Juggalo? Well, I was not a my wrestling character was not a juggalo. I was the, one. <laughs> I was the maniac. Gotcha. Because I was crazy. For those of you who have been living under a rock, MBW. <laughs> that was that masochistic, right? Yeah, masochist backyard wrestling. Oh my god. It, we we went through a couple. We went through a. You know, we were the wrestling organization. Then we were the Jersey Wrestling Association. And then we went out of the basement into the backyard. And then we became masochist backyard wrestling. Ooh. It's an evolution, Kate. Sadly, no longer active. But their GeoCities website still exists. And and T-Donk has uncovered uh, uh, some of his old VHS tapes. So, Which is amazing. By the way. You can find more information on that. And for the new listeners that we did pick up, the Shining Wizards Discord is a fantastic place to talk about all things AEW, all things wrestling, DDP yoga, movies, music, whatever you want. Really, really fun uh, community of people. But if you want to learn more about the greatest wrestling promotion of all time, when is that Dark Side of the Ring episode? The MBW Dark Side. (laughs) Not soon. Not soon enough. Apparently. I know. I'm waiting for your Hall of Fame night. Who died? Did somebody like die of a coke overdose? You know, like did somebody murder somebody else? You know, like those are the things that are going to get us a dark side of the ring. So even if we have to make that up, we certainly could. No, the kid whose backyard we wrestled and died of AIDS. Um, but that was like post. You know, we were already done wrestling uh, in his backyard. So. I think that's it. I don't think anyone else has uh is deceased that was an MBW uh wrestler. All right, well we'll have to create a fake scandal and we'll pitch it. I, I guess, mean there's uh, there's people well, who did the MBW that are dead to me now, so you could put it like that if you want. You want to put a spin on it. Technically get, they're still breathing, but they're dead to us. I guess uh after you guys stopped wrestling in his backyard. Other people kept on going, huh? If you get what I'm saying. I get what uh, you're saying. But people didn't, t- they're not watching this because they want to hear about my shitty backyard wrestling career 20 years ago. Career. What an asshole. I sound like a dick. 20, like seriously. I was like, like it was a career. I was just going to oh, say, man. you're also calling it a career like you were actually professional in getting money for it. God, no, I was professional in getting concussions and then fucking dropping shit at the diner and just watching it roll into my lap while I just sat there and all the little birdies were like cuckoo you should clean up and I'm like oh man my lap's all wet Kate that explains why he stutters so much now (laughs) he can't find the words all of the stuttering (laughs) that makes so much sense 
Matt, if people don't want to hear about MBW, do they want to hear about how I got my unrivaled series four today? And you know you're what? still waiting. But you don't you you don't open them. Like you don't even take them out of the box. You don't know if there's a chase in there, right? Do you know if you got a chase in series three? Nope. No, you didn't nope. bust out that ugly looking Rio blossom looking figure, did you? No, you know, you know, part of it is that when I get it, I just I'm like, I gotta put it away so that small hands in my house don't find it so i just kind of stow it away and then forget about it and then if at some point i'll get to it um but yeah i don't know i the box i got i sent you guys a picture kate was super excited she responded like omg with a bunch of hearts and smiley faces um but it said uh what what did it say like box seven of 196 yes so i'm i'm pretty early it's box number seven Here's my deal. I got a lot of issues with ringside collectibles. All right, I'm just going to put that out there now. First of all, I logged into my account last night after you said that you had... I got my Series 3. That shit's still pending. So if they're going to send me another two series, I'll take them. They sent me an email like, oh, this order you placed on January whatever, was it delivered? And I was like, no. So I sent them an email like, hey, got this email. Asked me if this was delivered. And it was like, then they responded. They were like, no, you're still waiting on something. And I'm like, okay, I didn't ask you to send me an email telling me it was delivered. You sent that email. Right. Okay, and why is Anthony getting his shit before me? I am the one that usually tells him when the figures are on sale. So how is that even possible? Well, you're telling me because I'm not checking my email and uh i'm probably busy with other stuff but you know as soon as you hit me up with hey man series five or series four i'm in like flint i throw my details in i order it i'm in if you're going in at the same time i am surprised that you uh you are not in the same wave as i am getting my figures i go in before you well uh maybe they're sending the shipments out by first name so Anthony comes before Matt. I had to email them about my series three order and they were like, oh, it'll be out tomorrow. Maybe Chase figures are the friends we make along the way. Kate, if I open these boxes and I have Chase figures, Matt's going to be so angry. No, I'll be happy for you. That's a good thing. Will you? Yeah. To your face, he'll be happy, but he's gonna—he's gonna be like this motherfucker doesn't even care. He's gonna smash another heart rate no. monitor. That's what's gonna happen. Look, I can appreciate the collecting. I understand if you got the luck of the draw and you get a chase. That's more power to you. High five. Well, at some point, I'm gonna open up this series four box and see what's going on. It was uh, Cody and Kenny Omega and Sammy and Matt Hardy. Proud and powerful. And then Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. So it was a pretty good wave. Finally, you guys get to have a Cody figure. I know. Uh and uh and a Kenny Omega. Uh so it's really exciting. I'm um I don't uh who's in I don't even remember series five. It's on order. I know that much. Uh and then I'm just waiting for you to let me know series six is on sale. That's it. So I get in there and pre-order it. And we're still waiting for our Cody TNT championship figures. Yes. Those should be shipping. Hopefully sometime this month, they said spring, right? So I'm hoping it's this month. A lot of excitement, a lot of excitement. Baseball season started. It's WrestleMania week. 
uh, it's a great time to be alive. Hockey season's over for me, so yes, great thing it's baseball season. I, don't know, I won a bunch of shekels in the last week betting on baseball, so I'm good. And then Monday night, after my wife went to bed, I played blackjack till like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I did very well. Were you playing in the uh, AEW arcade? No, I was playing in the real money arcade. <laughs> I well, feel like you're like, oh, yeah, I, I do a little sports gambling, and I do a little bit of, of blackjack, and secretly, like, it's this huge thing to feed your figure addiction. That's No. I- <laughs> so what happened was bet EMG, bet EMG, bet MGM Sports said on opening day, if you place a $25 bet on any game, you will get $1 in free credit for every home run hit on opening day. So I bet on the Angels to beat the White Sox, and I won. So then I had money in my account. Uh, And then I put like a 14 parlay in for Friday night, and I won that. And then I used my my free money. I bet against the Yankees Sunday, and I won that. And I bet against the Red Sox, and I won that. Uh, so I was feeling riding high, feeling great. Uh, I did lose a couple other bets. I'm not perfect. Uh, but I had a good chunk of change in the account. Uh, so I... Uh, so I said, oh, I'm going to play some roulette. And then I started winning at roulette. And I said, oh, let me fuck around with this blackjack. And then I kept like increasing the amount I was betting. And before you know it, I had a lot of money in my account and I was like, it's time to cash out and go to bed. <laughs> Smart. Okay. Smart. I can't believe you bet on baseball. I'm a fucking degenerate. I love baseball. But betting on baseball, uh, that's like rule number one. Well, Don't I was bet on baseball. Fucking screaming at the TV last night when the Rays blew it against the Red Sox and fucked up my 14 parlay. Uh, you know, I was, uh, what were you? What did you let me know? Oh, you were like, oh, the Mariners are on, and I couldn't find them on the goddamn MLB extra innings, and then I finally found them, and I just passed out. <laughs> I just did. I couldn't even make it through. I felt like such a loser. Where's your? I woke uh... up. I'm uh, sorry. I was. I woke up and it was just that shitty music playing Ooh, on. You the, like that, don't you? The waiting channel. I'm like, what is that? It's like it's 4 a.m. They can't all be Marlins will soar by Scott Staff. All right, they're not all gonna be gems legendary songs like that well, the play- i sent that video to like four people and i would say three out of the four of them were like i didn't even need to open it to know what it was gonna be when i sent it to them on opening day i am in deep with marlin's whole sore by scott Stapp. nice good for you i'm in deep with baseball so i am a huge baseball fan and i know this is not a baseball podcast but I was like out last year. They started the season at the end of July. I was like, what is this fucking nonsense? But man, opening day, I sat in my chair for almost 14 hours. And I watched every single baseball game I could watch with my eyes. My wife, God bless her soul. She was like, I'll get you a pizza. I'm like, why are you being so nice? She's like, this is your day. And my goddamn team had to play the fucking team that doesn't know how to fucking not get COVID because they're a bunch of fucking ass wipes. I hope Washington, D.C. burns to the goddamn ground, preferably Nationals Park with all the Nationals in it so they don't fucking go out to the strip club and get COVID again. I hope they never get a ring ceremony. Fucking assholes. You fucking jerk off. Fuck faces. Ruin. Ruin. Ruined my opening day. But what, what? your bullpen ruined your real opening day. No, that wasn't my real opening day. Because you know why? The baseball season was three days old. Okay. But you're, Four days you're, old. 
the first Mets game you guys actually played went according to plan, right? I mean, it was classic Mets. No, I had to do a podcast. I had to talk to Mike Bennett. I didn't get to watch the game. Jacob DeGrom did not have eight and a half strikeouts. Pete Alonso didn't hit a home run. I did not have a good night. Your well, I did have a good performed. night. I got a good night with the podcast, bad night with the Mets. Yeah, that was an awesome interview, by the way. <sighs> but whatever. We're all, I'm all over the place here. So what do you want to talk about other than baseball? You want Let's, to talk a little, uh, look, a little it's, dark. It's the best week of the year. I know this is not a WWE show, but it's WrestleMania. People have wrestling on the Tizong. And I know AEW is doing this special show on Friday. It's right. True. And Tony Khan said they're going to record it for the library. So I didn't even know there was an AEW library. So that expects, so I'm excited for that. Where does it said library? I guess probably just YouTube for now. Yeah, I would say it's probably YouTube and probably something to do with fight. But yes, uh, they did. Uh, they did. I guess it was what, like Monday or something this week on YouTube. There was uh, like an announcement. Cody had a big announcement uh, about his match. And then we found out that the Mad King is coming back to wrestle uh, on Friday. So they did announce um, the full card now is uh, there's going to be a battle royal for the TN- a TNT title shot. So it's going to have Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Ricky Stark, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, The Butcher, The Blade, Dustin Rhodes, Austin Gunn, uh, Colton Gunn, Matt's favorites, Dark Orders 10, and Colt Cabana. Uh, there's also going to be a TNT championship, Darby Allen versus the battle royal winner. So it's happening that night. Um, there's going to be the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus death triangle because it looks like they're all back together in full health now uh kenny omega and michael nakazawa are gonna fight the side brothers that's matt's uh match of the night cody rhodes is now gonna (laughs) cody rhodes is now gonna wrestle aaron solo in a duval street fight um hikaru shida i don't know who that is hikaru shida Tay Conti and Red Velvet versus Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and the Bunny. Then we're going to get Eddie Kingston versus Cesar Bononi. And then we're going to get the Pinnacle versus Jurassic Express and Dante Martin of Top Flight in an eight-man tag team. And we're going to get Orange Cassidy and guys, shut the fuck up. Jade Cargill will be in action. Uh, so it's a pretty pretty decent card they did switch it up i think at one point dustin Rhodes or not dustin Rhodes, sorry uh cody Rhodes was supposed to have a match against uh somebody else uh i don't know maybe ethan page or something like that uh but either way um that's the card listen if i was in jacksonville over the weekend uh i'd definitely hit this up it's a pretty you know decent card i guess i don't know uh but that's your full card for uh for their first house show ever and as matt said they're going to be recording this for uh as as uh as the voice of our childhood tony shivani used to say tape machines are rolling we'll see you later uh so we'll see if it ever sees the light of day but i don't know um kate i think we talked about this last week but what do you you think of the card any any anything really getting you going about that card you are an eddie kingston mark i am a huge Eddie Kingston mark. So him returning is definitely something that's exciting. Nothing um, major, but if I was in Tampa, I'd probably consider checking it out. I think if that's Friday and NXT is live Friday, 
I probably would be more invested in night two of what they're doing. But like, I was down there and this was going on at a different time. And like, I don't know if there wasn't something on like the GCW card that I, the, the collective that they're running that I wasn't super into or an IWTV showcase. Why not? Like, I think it, it sounds very much like a house show. It feels very much like a house show. Um, if it was a cheap enough ticket and I had the time, like that's the beauty of what, I mean, WrestleMania weekend has turned into kind of just like wrestling celebration weekend. So uh, if you're a big enough wrestling nerd, there's shows like 24 <laughs> seven happening for you. So this would be a really cool thing to throw in the the mix to that. I don't think they're expecting anything major from it, but why not? Quality wrestling always makes me excited no matter who's putting it on. I feel like that's a long trip, Tampa to Jacksonville. Yeah, that's a good point, I guess, huh? Did you look it up? Because I actually don't know the distance. I will Google it right now. Uh, I'm going to say it's got to be a couple hours, right? Maybe like two I, hours, two, three hours. I have no idea. The only thing I know is that t- Jacksonville is not on the Gulf Coast like you thought it was a week ago. <laughs> oh, no, it's on um, the East Coast. It's a three-hour and 12-minute, 200-mile trip. I mean, it's not terrible. There is, like, it, there, is a, there is a train service. Oh, well, I mean, there you go. So what, to take eight hours by train? Doesn't give you time. $22. Average cost is $24, though. That's not bad. You get all banged up on the train, show up. I guess if you're driving down from, like, the north, you could kind of, like, hit Jacksonville on the way if you plan it out properly. Sure. I guess. Well, we were talking about taking a road trip to Jacksonville, so. It had had come up. I mean, I was flying every week, but those, you know, that stopped. Yeah. The paychecks have stopped coming for that. So, dang. Um, so now we'll just have to road trip it. I like a, I like a road trip. I'm a, I like a good road trip. So hey, hey, maybe hey. we should take a road trip uh, for a certain date. We'll talk about it later. But maybe we should take a road trip for like May. If you guys picking up what I'm putting down. Oh, this guy. Look out, people. Uh, anyway, Anywho. that was the, that was the news on, on the house show. And I know I have this on her agenda for later, but I guess it was pretty big news this week, um, that broke. So we should probably talk about it now. Uh, Chris Jericho is appearing this weekend on a broken skull sessions. And that was pretty big news. It blew a lot of people's minds because obviously Jericho will be returning to the WWE airwaves and he is not part of the WWE. So, um, what it, when is it? Sunday, April eleventh, on Peacock. Yes. you'll get uh, you'll get the Broken Skull Sessions, which is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin sitting down with Chris Jericho. Um, you know, from everything I had seen, basically Stone Cold, um, you know, came up with the idea. Uh, he asked Jericho himself. Jericho said, uh, "Yep, um, you know, I'd like to do it." Uh, and then um, Stone Cold had to go and ask Vince, you know, uh, and Vince says, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. I would assume that's because Stone Cold said so. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, everything just kind of passed that way. So uh, it looked like it was cool on all sides. And then Tony Khan thinks this is good for business, too. I guess he was on uh, 
Dave LaGreca's uh, show busted open uh, and uh, basically said that he thinks it's a good idea and that, you know, if um, if it's going to be on WWE TV, he doesn't have a problem with it. Uh, and also that if uh, Steve Austin is doing it, uh, then he is more than happy to do it uh, to, to make it OK. So I don't know, guys, here's basically the way I see it. Listen, I think it's awesome. Anytime Jericho can sit down with Stone Cold, because I think Stone Cold actually does pretty good interviews. Um you know, I, I, I'm fine with it. Um, I just don't think everybody thinks we're going to get all this AEW exposure on WWE TV. That'll never happen. It's going to be edited to shit. Although one clip did come out where I guess uh, Sammy Guevara's name got dropped uh, and the WWE kept it in. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be like everybody thinks it's going to be all this AEW, you know, dick sucking. I don't think that's what it's going to be. Me and Kevin talked about it Monday night. Um, and I've said it countless times on the Shining Wizard Wrestling podcast, which airs Monday night. Vince McMahon is out of touch. He is old. He is senile. Uh, but he has not reached that point where he is a complete idiot. Uh, he is not going to let Chris Jericho go on his airwaves and talk about AEW. They might mention that he works for AEW. I'd be surprised if that even happens. He had a very successful long career in the WWE and WCW, and ECW, and if you really want to go back that far, SMW, and Vince owns all the tape libraries. So this is going to be Vince McMahon, uh, excuse me, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin just throwing softballs to Jericho about his WWE career. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anything groundbreaking. Uh, You might hear like a fun story about Jericho's time in the WWE, but I really don't think Vince McMahon is going to sign off on Jericho coming on a WWE show, and then talking about AEW in depth. Yeah, I actually... I agree. The whole world was like kind of turned upside down by this, and I kind of wasn't that surprised for a few reasons. One, like my little public relations brain was like, well, of course he had to say yes, because he's going to look like a huge dick if he doesn't. And there seems to be a thing with Jericho. He's even kind of talked about this, like... um, there, he kind of like gets a pass with Vince, it seems like. Like there's not like a ton of animosity there. There's some guys that I guess The Rock is one of them that have just been in Vince's good graces for so long. And I think Jericho had such a long and successful career there um, that it didn't seem like it was like that toxic of a split. I'm a little surprised because Jericho's taken so many shots at WWE since leaving. But I think, you know, that's partly in good fun of like Wednesday Night War um persona a little bit but I, I wasn't like as stunned as a lot of people I don't think it'll be like you can't say AEW levels of not talking about it but yeah I don't think he's going to be able to like talk about the differences between the two or anything like that crazy um but I do think it'll be a great interview I mean those two just have had such storied and long careers that I can't imagine there won't be a lot of fun um conversation to be had but yeah i don't think it'll be anything too earth shattering beep uh hey pal uh (laughs) jericho don't talk about the chocolate titties don't let linda know (laughs) goddamn pal uh what can i do to uh prevent you from uh uh letting those pictures out give me a call back pal beep that was 
exclusive Mark Order podcast. Where did we get that audio from? I don't know. That's a great question. I know some people. I pulled yeah. some strings. I got uh, the stuff off of Jericho's. Uh, he's got one of those old little tape recorder uh, voicemail gimmick things. Oh, wow. He's Canadian. So you were he's, able to. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not really caught up on the uh, the current so stuff. Your guys were able to sneak in, get the tape out of the tape recorder. Uh, my uh, answering machine. It's not even voicemail. He's still got the old school answering machine hooked up to his landline. Wow. Wow. Yeah, That's and you impressive. know how we made a copy? We went out in the car. Two boom boxes. They faced them together. And then they put the blank tapes in one. And then they played. It was crazy. It was crazy. Also, before we listen to another voicemail, if we have another one, uh, we have to work on Vince's voice because it's a little rusty. <laughs> it was probably Maybe. from all the transmitting of the tapes back and forth, but audio quality probably distorted Vince's voice with all of that, all of the production it took to get that Mark Order exclusive on here. Maybe. I'm just not good. The voices I'm not good at. I can't. I'm... What voices? What are you talking about? No, just, you I... know, you made fun of my stuttering and stammering before, so English is not my best language, so, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost okay. made it sound like you were doing an impression. Which no, no, no. That's not my... I can't do impression. Listen to me. I can't do an impression. I sound like me. Yeah, I agree. I do, I do look handsome, though. I got a haircut. I feel good. Oh, boy. Uh, did you guys watch any Dark or um, Dark Elevation? I did not uh, because I've been too involved with other things going on, uh, so I haven't had a chance. Um, but... Uh, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Kate. You did see some of this, right? I did. I may not necessarily remember off the top of my head what I checked out in a very Kevin-sounding moment. But if you go through the card, I'll be able to have my memory jogged. Well, I do know <laughs> on Elevation that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page teamed as a tag team, and they did beat the Seidel brothers, which does not fare well. For them against Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa at this this show Friday night. An important distinction, which Ryan Schlong actually pointed out, that I went back and saw. Um, they have very clearly said, obviously, though they were tag teaming, that they are allies, that they're an alliance. They did not say they were a tag team. So I'm intrigued to see where that very like careful language leads them. And they might just lead them to being a tag team that would be cool too um but they they kind of kind of like the way that they've been saying trios all of a sudden like sometimes the way they push language seems very intentional with that stuff so uh i'm intrigued to see if this is like uh sometimes they do tag matches and if it's like a you got your back i got mine kind of thing in singles competition as well um but yeah that's a that's a force to be reckoned with the two of them i tell you Listen, I uh, I have to go back and watch it. I totally forgot that they were teaming up on Elevation this week. Um, and I was very excited at the prospect of them working against each other. But then when they announced that they were going to team together, it, it, you know, it also kind of intrigued me. So um, I have to go back and watch it. Um, totally forgot about it. Doesn't surprise me that they would have gone over on the Seidel brothers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you never know. Listen. Any given Sunday, right, Matt? That's why we uh, wrestle. Exactly. Because the Seidel brothers could pull out a stunner uh, 
against the red hot Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Uh, Rio Mizunami was on Dark Elevation again. Um, I don't know. Like, what's if she's in the states? Like, why are we not using her in a more prominent role? Because nobody fucking cares. That's not true. You don't care. A lot of people do care. Um, but I don't know. It's it's crowded TV right now. You know, maybe she and Sheeta will rematch at some point. But there's only one women's slot, and they actually have like a few different storylines going. So, um, that's that's a good question. I don't know why they kind of brought her in. I feel like nothing from the tournament ended up mattering. So maybe we're just wiping the slate clean altogether. But um, but yeah, she definitely seems to be stateside. I mean, that's kind of what I mean by nobody fucking cares is that none, none of that matters. Like, I who cares? Because at this point, to be quite honest, and we'll talk about, you know, Dynamite obviously tonight, but like Britt Baker and um, uh, uh, Thunder Rosa had a banger. And then the past few weeks, all the women's wrestling that they've put on television uh, on Dynamite has been pretty good so i mean tonight's match even was really strong so you know i mean why do we need to dwell on the tournament there's no need at this point i mean right now they're riding high so i say just keep keep booking it the way they've been booking it yeah i'm sorry kate you you raised your hand and i kept going no i was gonna bring up something about Conti, but i'll save it for later actually i changed my mind okay <laughs> but 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 Britt Baker was on elevation, right? Like that's, that's been her thing. And we did get a promo. We'll talk about it later from Britt Baker, but her thing right now is that like, she's the savior, right? And now she's going to be giving everybody the opportunity, but she's going to be racking up her wins on like elevation and dark and anywhere she gets a chance. So I'm good with that. Yeah. Kate. She did a great job here too. And um, again, I guess Ryan Spong is like my AEW dark intern. So thank you for telling me what to go check out. But Brett had a really great, um, a pretty good match. And she, it was like an amateur style match. And she kind of continued. It's been nice to see her character evolve in this way. I feel like, like we're getting layers as Matt likes. Um, but she was like, I can wrestle any style. So we had like death match Brit saying she's a legend this way. Amateur style. I got that too. So it's like, the cockiness is not only continuing, but it's justified as she starts to kind of like rack up these wins in different styles. It's very nice to see a woman's character organically evolving. So that's just a, another thing worth noting from, from elevation for sure. And I think um, to change gears on you, Kate, if you, uh, and we're not going to take a deep dive on elevation and dark um, just because it's, it's a lot of, it seems like both shows should probably be an hour and they stretch them to almost two hours. And some of the stuff is just like the butcher and the blade wrestled on elevation. Uh, and then they, and then the butcher had like a 40 second squash match on dark. Like I get, we're trying to get some of these, these guys over and I was really behind dark. Uh, but then when you throw elevation in there, that's, I mean, look, if you have the time, God bless you. I'm sure, you know, I love the idea, the concept, squash matches, get these guys over. Uh, we got to see, um, fuck, what's Ashley Vox and her sister, the Sea Stars? The Sea Stars were in a tag match on Dark, so that's fun. Uh, Ashley Vox and Demi XO, X, XO, 
Is that her name? Demi Lovato? Uh, no, it's not Demi Lovato. <laughs> uh, I think, though, go out if you want to just check something out. Uh, just Max Caster rapping is he fucking busts on Colt. I'm sorry, Kate. He destroyed your boy. Colt. Oh, it was good, though. It was good. And online, Colt Cabana's mom oh. also had a fantastic rap battle against him. Like, she brought her heat, too. Really? It was. It was. It's definitely worth checking out. And he had an awesome rap on uh, Dark about Adam Page ahead of their match tonight. So, but uh, yeah, I just you know Monday nights I do the 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 flagship show. Not the flag, I don't want to say flagship. I do the other show. I do another show. We are separating ourselves. The Mark Order is separate from the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Although we are on the Shining Wizards Network uh, with a host of other excellent shows. So be sure to. Uh, check out the Shining Wizards Network at shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Um, sorry, your dickhead friend Joe Walsh was just commenting on the video. Uh, he had the audacity to ask me for my MLB.tv login information, uh, not even knowing me. Yeah, I'll throw Joe right under the bus. I hope he didn't even use it yet. I hope he never uses it. You Wait, you gave it to him? I did. I, I, oh, uh, oh, buddy. Is that a bad move? Huh. That's a terrible move. I'm so sorry. I just uh, assumed he's friends with you, so I thought, like, you're a pretty uh, awesome feller, so I think you would keep company with equally awesome people. Do you... Because our podcast with you and me. But do you... I don't... I don't give him my passwords to stuff. What are you, nuts? I mean, you've known me for a while. You can answer that question. He uh well I don't give him your passwords to stuff that I have and actually I think you've given me your login and password to stuff sometimes without me even asking and I might have used it and then I have I have to ask you the next time I'm like what's your password because <laughs> I just don't even keep it okay. um by the way uh he says he's watching Arizona and Colorado right now it's a barn burner see there you go good for him I'm glad somebody's using it if I can circle back really quick to the dark shows um i'm with you matt like two hours for each show is is a lot that's a lot um but i guess what you can at least say is they're they're holding up their end of what they said they were going to be doing right so like they are showcasing from what i see as far as like elevation goes they're showcasing a bunch of talent you know um that is independent they are doing you know, like things that are relevant to Dynamite, like Britt Baker fought Alex Gracia. So um, that's kind of relevant to what's going on on Dynamite. Um, we're seeing that kind of mid-level talent. They have Danny Limelight versus 10 on Elevation. And then also, uh, I didn't see it, but I heard great things about the showcase they did on Elevation with Paul White and uh, John Silver. So they're they're keeping everything they're keeping their word as far as like, we're going to bring things that are relevant to the whole product on all shows. It's not just going to be like three siloed shows where like things that happen on elevation don't matter to dark or to dynamite. So I'll at least give them credit there. And it does seem like the dark, um, the dark card, you know, while it does have a lot of squashes that I see on the card, um, it is more of the talent that is on, dynamite but doesn't always get showcased on dynamite with some of the younger talent so like they are 
keeping their word on how they said all these shows were going to play out. So at least I give them credit there, but I do agree. They need to shorten those. They do need to shorten those shows. Like it's crazy. Two hours for each show. That's nuts. Yeah. And they also are following through on the elevation kind of giving you more background in general too, which I think is just a little bit more of an appetizing product because you get a little bit more of like these video package style things, a couple more glimpses into who people are. So that does feel a little bit shorter just because it's broken up a little bit, but we're going to get into the rankings next, which is appropriate. But I feel like some of these matches that are just doing that to pad people's records are just like dead, dead, dead space on both of these shows, especially on dark proper. Um, that I feel like we could just do without if we didn't have this wonderful, amazing, completely relevant ranking system. Well, guys, before we get to rankings, I just want to say we're not going to talk about balls tonight. Uh, let's get into the rankings. Um, so, uh, Kate, we're not going to argue the validity of the rankings. The rankings are gospel. So you will take them and you will love them. This isn't this isn't a conversation. This isn't a discussion. This is the rankings, and they are exactly how they're meant to be. So, for the men, now obviously this was done before uh, Dynamite tonight. Um, we do have some new blood, so we know who our champions are. Don't need to go through that. But our rankings: number one, Hangman Adam Page. Number two. A Jan Moxley. Uh, three, we have Max Caster breaking in. Number four, uh, Jungle Boy. And number five, Cody Rhodes. So Caster moves up to three. He wasn't ranked last week. Pac's been inactive. So he got pushed out. And uh, Jungle Boy got shifted around because of Max Caster coming in. So it all makes sense the way things are working out. It all makes sense. And the women, I just need to call out our champion at a solid 2-0 and on the year is still Sheeta. Nice. Um, our number one ranked contender, our wrestler, is Tay Conti. Uh, number two, Red Velvet. Three, Ryu Mizunami for who the fuck knows why uh number four Britt baker and number five nyla rose so no changes for the women uh which i think is kind of ridiculous but no changes for the women uh and then in the tag teams uh we know who our champs are number one is scu number two jurassic express number three the butcher and the blade number four uh bear country they break in and then number five, FTR at two and O. Um, so because John Silver is on the shelf, um, that team is dropped out and Bear Country moves in. Um, so we'll see what happens because they were in action tonight. Guys, you ready to talk about Dynamite? Am I ever ready to talk about Dynamite? But be sure to check out all the other shows on the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Tony sent me a commercial block, but I literally had no time to put it together tonight because I had to watch Dynamite, which is not a bad thing. So check out shiningwizardsnetwork.com. And there'll be a commercial block here next week so we could all pee and take a break and all that fun stuff. 
Oh, uh, since none that would of be you, great. Since none of you supported us on Manscaped, we no longer have to talk about Manscaped. Thanks for all your non-support, you fuck faces. Oh, thank you for all of your support for the months that they were sponsoring us. No, we're just taking a break. We will come back longer and stronger with Manscaped. Or at least, by the way, that's not an excuse for your balls to start smelling and looking like shit. I just you want know to let you know, as a gal. There's no need to talk about balls anymore. That's true. I know, but I'm just saying, like, just because we're not reminding you to take care of them, continue to take care of them. First of all, look, if you have friends that you have to remind them to clean their balls, you probably shouldn't be friends with them, okay? Have you met wrestling fans? <laughs> I've never been close enough to another wrestling fan's balls, so I can't speak to that. But you can extrapolate based on the appearances and smells. You know of what? Sun. I'm good. Not, I don't want to extrapolate Kate. <laughs> all right. For not talking about balls. We're really talking about balls a lot right now. <laughs> we were, I ex- do. We were extrapolating, sir. I do just want to say one thing. Oh, say that we, uh, as Matt said, we will come back longer and stronger. And even if that's not true, it will at least appear that way because we would have trimmed the bushes. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we don't need to plug them anymore. And they're I'm not plugging anything. There's no code to plug. They're terrible out of date reads. Convinced, listen, let's not thousand let's percent not... convinced. Never listen to a fucking single thing we sent them. I would bet my figures on it. How do you like them out? They never listen to one of the things we sent them. I'd like to uh, not bury them completely in case they come I'm not, back. Say, I'm not burying Why? anyone. I'm just saying nobody listened to anything. So I think we're good to say that the reads are out of out. The references are a bit. You know what? You know what I'd like to say in a non-paid advertisement. I really enjoy these uh, crook and maker uh, beverages. These alcoholic beverages. Right. This, I got the margarita tonight. It's Ooh. delightful. It's uh, zero sugar. A uh, lot of flavor. It's uh, vegan, no carb, or low carb. I don't want to say no carb. It's organic, super grain alcohol. So, um, wow. the Margarita maybe... Boys. Look at you guys. Nah, Matt's see, not went, drinking the Ritas tonight. I went Twisted Teas this week. Nice. I only I, the only reason I'm not drinking the Crook and Maker Tea is because I ran out of it. I also like their tea. If they would like to sponsor us, I'd be all for it, and I'd stock my fridge full of it. Um, but hey, wait, wait. Hey, if anybody what? really wants to sponsor this show, we will surely take their money. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? yeah. What's our email, Mark? Uh, well, shit, what is it? Mark order podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, if yeah. you're interested in uh sponsoring this shit show, uh, send us an email to mark order podcast at gmail.com because and- businesses can join the mark order too. That's right. And once you're with us, you're with us forever, as long as you pay. Um, <laughs> so, guys, Dynamite was for for a five-match advertised card. Uh, was a packed show tonight, wall-to-wall. Um, so let's get right into it. Um they opened up again with straight into wrestling, which is fantastic. And the first match they gave us was Hangman Adam Page versus Max Caster. And Max Caster, of course, comes out battle rapping. Um, and it was fantastic, as always. And so we get um, 
Max Caster coming out. Anthony Bowens is back at ringside. Great to see Anthony Bowens back in the mix. Uh, of course, during this match, uh, the normal shit heel tactics kind of come into play. Um, we have, uh, go ahead. Hold on, hold on. Don't look. I am all, I love Hangman Adam Page, okay? If he was butthurt by Max Caster's rapping, I don't think that gives him the green light to attack Anthony Bowens unsolicited. Didn't Anthony Bowens uh, at some point in this match try to attack him with the stereo, right? Later in the match, but as they came out, he attacked Bowens before the bell. Listen, uh, you're a ringside. You're fair game, right? You're fair game. He wasn't doing anything. He's just supporting his buddy. Here's my only thing with that. Bowens is injured, and that's a little healy to be attacking an injured guy. So I, I actually kind of agree with Matt on that. He's not injured. He's ringside. Well, he but didn't he, have a he didn't have a cast on. He didn't have a sling. He wasn't in a boot. He's ringside. Oh, so because Adam Page is drunk and he sees in triple vision, he can just hit anyone he wants. He's not drunk. Yeah, allegedly he is lubricated. All right, what? He was lubricated. What is that even? I, no one's ever been like, man, I've had so many drinks, I'm lubricated. Is that a thing? No, you've never heard that before? No. What kind of weird-ass Midwestern shit is that? Lubricated? First of all, I'm not from the Midwest. Yeah, I'm but from this just Coast. sounds like something some fucking idiot in Nebraska would say. Sorry no. if you're from Nebraska and you're listening to this. Lubricate? Who's ever said? I've never heard anyone say that. I just, yes. why is it the Midwest? It just yeah. seems like something someone from the Midwest would say. <laughs> so, like, not. Like, man, I'm, so, I'm, so lubri- I'm so lubricated tonight. No, that nobody says it about themselves. What do they say about other people? That's a nice way of saying that maybe somebody is uh, a little uh, under the influence. I've never heard that once. I don't understand it. Well, I'm telling you. What does it mean? I just explained yeah, it. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, well, then you don't have to use it. I would, <laughs> didn't even know people used it. Someone's like, man, your boy's lubricated. I would have been like, why are you following him to the bathroom, you weirdo? I, uh, I'm i not getting into this. Can we just keep going or else we're going to be You said it, not me. <laughs> You're just right, so, so Adam up. Page is all lubed up. So he was That's clearly right. see there you go. He was interacting with Michael Nakazawa before the the, the show. There you go, all oily, lubed, Could be. lubed up. That's right. He's all uh, lubed up and ready to go. I might. I'm gonna get lubed up for tonight. My wife's Thank gonna you. peg me. I think. Wow. I hope we got that clean. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Going on the soundboard, baby. Yeah, whose soundboard? <laughs> We're I'm gonna, gonna I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a soundboard and I'm hooking it up to this bad boy. Don't worry. Anyway, I'm sure Tony will have it pulled in the next five minutes. <laughs> you know, for a guy who's supposed to be on vacation, he's not doing a lot of vacationing. No. He's in the Discord. I'll tell you what, Tony's back home, and oh, he, he is. His, he got his second shot today. Good for Tony. Nice. And I get mine Very Saturday, good. so there might be an in-studio Shining Wizard show coming at you sooner than later, folks. Holy moly. Enough. We're all going to be vaccinated soon. 
I, I said will, we're gonna get together and like kiss Matt on the mouth. I will be Saturday. Enough and with then, the finding wizards talk. We put, we put you over. You do, this and is, you know what? I think you guys do an ex. You don't have to do it. You don't have to keep putting over the shining nah. wizards. I appreciate it. First of all, the Monday night show is why we're all here. I was being silly, but like the Monday night show is how I know you guys. It's like it's no, so Kate, great. You know it. me because we have a friend who's a juggalo. Bam. I might take my shirt off again. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'd like to just say I haven't put over the Monday Night Show once. Uh, I haven't mentioned it and I don't plan on mentioning it. You just mentioned it. I'm over it. it. I didn't say the name of it. I just said Monday Night Show. Lube it it up. I'm lubed up. Yes. Thanks to these crook and maker margaritas. They're delightful. It's lubing me up right now. Anyway. If we can get back to match goddamn number one on the card tonight. Uh, So Matt didn't like the fact that goddamn uh, Hangman Page was attacking Anthony Bowens. Before the bell. Unnecessary. Very very heelish. He's a heel. He's protecting himself. He didn't have his friends out there. Well, whose fault is that? Listen. His friends had to be with Tay Conti, and quite frankly, I'd be with Tay Conti anyway. Tay Conti didn't wrestle for another hour and a half. What are they doing back there? Fucking painting her toenails? I would be. Well, you're, you're, you know what? I'm going to use a word. I don't know what it means. You're a simp. How do you like them apples? And on Wikipedia.com with Tay Conti painting toenails. That's fine. If I'm so hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll simp Tay Conti all night. You are trying to join a group, right? But you got to go do battle, and it's now two on one. No, 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 no. He's not trying to join a group. He's a lone wolf. He's not a lone. He's so he's so full of shit. His eyes are brown. He's not a lone wolf. Okay, he wants to be with them. All right. Friends are not at ringside. Yeah. So what? You're gonna go into a battle, and your friends are what? Are, what are they doing? Fluffing her pillow? Are they making her a, a smoothie? Or they're all fucking screw. Just send fucking five out with you. They're all screaming at him anyway. He's a fuck up. It doesn't matter. At least have the warm body there. You could at least throw five at Bowens and Caster. Listen. I think maybe their absence was part of the story oh, here. It makes the ha- what's the absence makes the heart grow fonder that's right well, Matt. friends i think maybe hangman will get into the match and i'm not going to spoil the outcome but i think maybe when you're going and doing things like attacking people before the bell even rings you realize maybe you need friends after all oh, so we're saying hangman adam page is vulnerable he's vulnerable he's just an anxious millennial cowboy that's all he is he needs money for a lawnmower. He just won all of Matt Hardy's money. They spent his money. All of it. They it spent his money. Lawnmower. Okay, so if he bought lawnmowers for them, you think at least one of them would come out to ringside. Uh, he didn't buy them lawnmowers. The so lawnmowers they, lubed up. So they took his money? They stole his money from him? You didn't... It wasn't on Being the Elite? I have not watched Being the Elite in weeks because I cannot watch another Good Brothers jerk-off segment. Oh, they warn you now to like skip past it. They're like, they they are very aware of what's going on uh, because they tell you now there's gonna be dick jokes for the next five minutes. Skip this. The, look, I'm good with a good dick joke. We do a show every week, three hours worth of dick jokes, but it's just but, unnecessary. Yeah, it's too. It's much. not even funny. 
I don't disagree. So I, but, I, I don't watch Being the Elite anymore. Because you don't watch Being the Elite, you miss that part of the story. They uh, used up all his money to celebrate, uh, and then he had to uh, cover the cost. They took his credit cards, and he had to pay his credit cards. Interesting. Also, <laughs> also, they paid off the whole thing with the phone and Matt Hardy and Adam Pay or not Matt Hardy and um, Matt Jackson and Adam Page. It was Matt Hardy. They they closed the loop on that after fucking eight months. Yeah, you so, mentioned that a couple weeks ago, didn't you? I did not. We haven't talked about being the elite in like four weeks. No, I'm pretty sure you mentioned that like two weeks ago. Maybe not necessarily being the elite, but that specific moment you mentioned. No, I did. I didn't. Maybe Kate did. I definitely didn't because I just actually watched it yesterday. The match. It's over. Hangman Adam Page wins by the buckshot. <laughs> uh, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, we're going past this match. Post match, Adam Page gets a couple page wisers. Uh, on his way out. Are they really calling them page wisers? Yes, sir, they are. Jesus Christ. Get out of uh, Anheuser Bush. Uh and then after this, Shivani interviews the Death Triangle in the ring. Uh so they come out, but then all of a sudden the best friends enter. Uh and Orange Cassidy says it's nice to see the Death Triangle all together in the ring. You know, they talk about the issues that the the two groups have had in the past. Uh, and then Chuck Taylor says it's been a while. They remember uh, everything. Penta El Zero calls him crazy. And then Pac steps in to say this, you know, uh, relax. And that he thinks he understands why they're here. They want a shot at the next AEW World Tag Champions. Um, but they've got a lot of work to do. They are far from worthy. Um, Trent, he says, uh Trent says he knows uh, that they've got to work their way back up to the top of the list. Um, And that's not a problem when you've got more wins than any other team in the company. Um, So they wanted to just give him a heads up uh, and let everybody know that the alien is with them too now. So um, that is the end of that segment. So guys, it's a long time to basically say Trent and the uh, best friends are back together. And now Chris Statlander apparently is part of that team. Um, so two questions I'm posing to everybody. Matt, you look like you've got a lot to say. One, what did you think of this? And two, uh, because Milwaukee Tom actually asked about this in the Discord, um, he likes seeing more women in stables like Chris Statlander uh, so the question I'm posing is, do you guys wish that we had more women in our general stables, not just the stable of women? And where would you put them? I'm going to Matt first, Kate, because Matt's been a dick and he wants to talk. So go ahead, Matt. Wait, why have I been a dick? You've been making faces at me and I'm just trying to read. Trying to entertain- why are you rewarding the trouble? I'm trying to entertain the people watching the show. Nobody's watching. We actually asked this question on uh, Twitter, by the way, on the Mark Order podcast about women. That's true. So, Matt, I would love to know your take because I'm the one that tweeted it. Um, oh, that's what the KH at the end stamp meant. Okay. Um, oh, I didn't know we were signing those now. <laughs> I did when it's something that I assert my own opinion on. Um, what was your question? Women. I'm all, I'm all lubed up over here. He is. So my two questions, one, the segment, two, 
Um, are you a fan of putting women in general stables, not just all women stables? And who else would you put where if you had to put women in stables? Uh, segment was fine. There's a history there between Orange Cassidy and Pac. Um, and it seems like there, and I think I said this last week, they're really gearing up for some kind of trios thing. So uh, it gives the best friends and Orange Cassidy something to do. Uh, and Death Triangle, although, you know, I, I'm not, um, I'm really hoping that Death Triangle wins the tag titles next week. Um, because I just, I don't, you know, we got FTRs involved with this uh, inner circle pinnacle thing. Like, I just, I think the Young Bucks holding the tag titles is great, but I think their story is bigger than the titles. Whatever story they're trying to tell with Kenny and the Good Brothers, like, they don't need to be the tag champions. Let's put it on uh, Phoenix and Pac and let them be uh, tag champions and kind of keep the division alive. With all due respect to, you know, the fucking Jurassic Express and Bear Country and the Butcher and the Blade. It seems like there's a whole lot of matches that don't really mean much because none of them are getting title shots because the Young Bucks are tied up in this mega story with uh, Kenny and Moxley and Eddie Kingston and a lot of spoons in that porch. So uh, segment's fine. There's a story there. They have history. I get it. And to Trent's point, like during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the best friends were literally on every show. They wrestled all the time. So there's a little story built in there. Uh, I I don't have a problem with women women being in stables. I I personally would prefer if the women had their own stables because I think it would give some depth and put some meat on the bones of the women's division. If like I don't see the purpose of Chris Statlander being with the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Does that mean we have to give Death Triangle a female? What is her purpose? And roll here. It, and and we've talked about it at nauseum in a division where we need help. And now you have Chris Statlander back. Are you going to put her in a situation where maybe she's taking part in intergender matches now? I'm not trying to shoehorn her into the, the women's championship picture. But I know that that division needs help. And I think Chris Statlander can really help a lot. So to put her... Uh, here in this weird spot i just don't know i don't i'm not against it but i don't want it to be like now death triangle needs to get a a female uh member yes anthony i'm sorry my only my only argument to that matt would be that that hasn't happened with tay conti or anna jay as part of the the dark order so you know i don't necessarily think that you have to pigeonhole it into like you know then they're definitely going to be involved in like intergender matches or you know intergender tag matches i think it's definitely part of the way you could go having a woman as part of a stable but it, it's they certainly haven't done that yet with anna jay or take conti is at least my argument right so what are your are we just going to see the best friends in orange cassidy come out for every chris statlander match good i mean that's what the dark order does sure but does that does that does that elevate, you know, Chris or Tay? Does it like I, I just feel like it's like a a meaningless gesture. Like it doesn't mean anything to me because they don't get involved. They don't interfere in their, her matches. They're right. there. You know, right. tonight was like, an, you know, it, it's a different set of circumstances because the bunny's got the butcher and the blade and the private party and Matt Hardy, you know, but it's like, 
you know, just because now this, if Chris Tantlander has to wrestle somebody else who doesn't have a stable, does that mean that the stable still comes out with her or they just don't? Like, I don't know. Well, what if, what, sorry, Kate, and then I want your opinion, but what if, uh, uh, Chris Atlander has a program with uh, Penelope Ford. There's clearly a history between everybody there. So now they're there to back her up because of Miro and Kip Sabian, if that's still a thing. So, you know, they, I have to give them credit. They actually haven't done a terrible job with like surrounding women with male wrestlers and like doing absolutely nothing or kind of like degrading them to the point of nothing. You know, I think they've actually kind of used them pretty smart. Um, but there's there's a lot of different ways they could go. Kate, what it, I, w- I want your take on this whole situation. And as a reminder, reset your um, take on the segment and the women in stables and who would you put where? So I like the segment. I think it was good because Trent just got back and I think putting them in something if you're not going to hot shot them right to a title feud putting them in there with basically the number one contenders is a good idea it makes uh the return feel important it gives some momentum to best friends who have been kind of lost a little bit in this Miro and Kip storyline and um you know obviously Trent was out so uh I like that they're doing the next best thing to the title by putting them with the number one contenders that that is a great idea um the whole reason I pose this question is I feel like legit Layla would be awesome on team Taz. I think she's like the perfect fit for going over there. Uh, I've thought that for a while. I think it would be really, really cool. Um, I think this is being done in reverse almost of how Matt is thinking and where he came around to of they, I think are maybe acknowledging that they haven't done a very good job of building characters outside of Brit and Thunder Rosa came in with a super strong one. I don't think they're going to be attached to anyone anytime soon, but I think maybe they're thinking if all of a sudden Orange Cassidy, who's over like Rover is coming out with Chris Statlander for her matches or whatever, maybe people feel like, Hey, okay, this person has this personality. They're aligned with this stable. They have an identity. Um, and maybe it'll make it feel more important to people. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to bring the men out who are established to get women who are less established, maybe people start to feel like it's a little more important. Maybe having Matt Hardy as Allie's mouthpiece for a little bit is a good idea because he can help put her over when she's been like floating back and forth a little bit. I think Tay has the longest running story with the dark order. Basically since she came in, she's had this friendship with Anna Jay or whatever. So I think it's a good idea if they use it right. I agree with Matt and that you don't want to start force fitting gender feuds because of it. But like Chris Statlander is an alien. Like she fits in this weird mishmash of the best friends. I feel like pretty organically. I think like you said, Allie already has butcher and blade. Tay was aligned from the beginning. So as long as it's not forced, I think it's a really good idea. I do agree with Matt that a women's only stable would be great, especially if they're going to keep pushing Japanese talent. It's, I've been saying it for a while now, like, why don't you just have a stable of Japanese women (laughs) to, uh, and give them a mouthpiece. It takes the pressure completely off of it. Um, I know there was like a rumor floating around. They were thinking about putting Penelope with, uh, vicious vixens and giving Vicky a stable. 
I don't know if I love Penelope going over there, but I like the idea of Vicky Guerrero having a stable. That would make sense. <laughs> so we'll see what comes about it. But I think maybe the intention behind these alignments is to take something that people are already interested in and hopefully translate it to the women's division rather than kind of the other way around where it's more the men who are coming out to make the women's matches feel a little more important than vice versa. Well, listen, I think that any way, uh, first of all, I didn't really give my opinion. I thought the segment was fine. You know, I agree with what everybody said. Good way to kind of make sure everybody realizes Trent's back. Uh, and that they're going to kind of make their run, I guess, at the, those tag titles. Or I'm with Matt. The trios thing seems like it's going to be very real. Um, so I definitely think that um, they're going to have some trios title. Um, as far as the women uh, stables go, I think any way they can get these women more involved uh, and kind of on television and present um, is helpful to that division. They obviously have to back it up with, solid matches like that doesn't get them off the hook but i think it's okay if you interject them into to some of these stables but i do i i am in agreement with kate that kind of one stable of women that they could kind of get off the ground and then eventually add in some sort of second stable you know a, a heel stable first and then establish a baby face stable and now you've got some long running stories that you could you could have is going to be what's best for business but i think they need to definitely walk before they run because they haven't even started to crawl. They're just getting there. No, I agree. I had recommended to Kate's question that, you know, I think it would be cool if uh, you turn she to heel and her whole narrative for turning heel was uh, she's two and oh, as the women's champion, she does not get the respect she deserved. AEW does not appreciate her. Uh, and she can come in with a couple Japanese chicks and they could fucking, you know, wage war on the women's division. Uh, and you can have uh, Vicky, Nyla and a couple other people kind of off to the sides, just watching them, uh, you know, fight amongst each other and they can pick out the bones and there could, you know, there could be something there. Um, but uh yeah, you know, outside of Brit and Thunder, uh, we are making a little progress tonight, and I guess we'll talk about that down the line. But, uh, you know, they need a little – they need some work. And uh, hopefully it's – it's. oh, God, Nelly. She just fell <laughs> off the table into my lap. <laughs> <laughs> She's heavy. You know, I actually uh, – I have to ask Kate because I just noticed I'm breaking away from the card a little bit um, – I, I didn't realize tonight you were number two sweet baby bitch tits. Is that you're doing? Uh, Matt had said it earlier in the Juggalo segment. So God. I voluntarily changed my name because I thought it was really fucking I, Okay, funny. good. Because I thought you were going to say I changed it. And I was like, I did not fucking change that. I did not change <laughs> anyone's name. No, I decided when you were talking about Stranglemania, I was like, <laughs> that's a funny name. All right. I was just like, wow, I didn't realize you were sweet baby bitch tits. Um, all right. So we move on from this uh, into our return of the inner circle. Uh, and they come out uh, and uh, we have Chris Jericho saying that the inner circle is back and that one month ago uh, they had gotten the beat down of a lifetime from the pineapple. I mean, the pinnacle uh and it was a wake-up call they made a lot of bad decisions over the previous six months and they do apologize for those bad decisions and those decisions were caused by mjf 
which Jericho explains Kate, my jerk off friend. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> um, they gave him a lot of latitude saying jerk off on regular television without any sort of cuts. So it was actually quite refreshing. Um, but Jericho says that uh, Friedman had outsmarted them. He admitted that there's things that he's not smart at, but um, you know, he, uh, he said that he is smart at pro wrestling and by he Jericho uh, Jericho did mock MJF for being more orange than Cassidy uh, from the spray tan uh, and, but gave him credit for being 25 and you know, he's only going to get better with age, um, but he's impatient uh, so MJF is impatient and wants to be better than Jericho. Now he should take baby steps to be better than guys like Peter Avalon or Michael Nakazawa. Uh, he thinks that Max believes his own hype and listens to the critic, uh, the critics, uh, and that really wants to kind of beeline to the top. Um, but that he'll never be MJF will never be better than Y2J, and he knows it, and that makes the wine uh, in his brain sour, as Jericho said. Um, he thinks that, uh, he's surrounded by the best people. So Jericho shoots on Tully Blanchard saying he's nothing more than a third string member of the four horsemen somewhere between Ole Anderson and Paul Roman, uh, FTR. He says are inter- interchangeable Dax and cash cash Axe and smash Axel and slash Paul, can't who? Tell who's who. uh, Paul Roman, Paul Roma. Sorry. Fucking asshole. Whatever. Paul Roma, one of the greatest members of the Four Horsemen and half of the Young Stallions. Well, I mistyped my note. Okay, just making sure. Uh, Make sure you Sean don't show Spears. the same disrespect your uh, some other dickbag that did this podcast with us used to show to the Killer Bees. You show respect to the Young Stallions and Paul Roma. Jericho goes on to say Sean Spears is supposed to have great upside, but he's never seen it. Wardlow has a 13 cent brain and $13 body uh, and it has to strip naked to count to 21. I like that one. Uh, he also said the inner circle know that the pinnacle is good and that they're going to get the crap beat out of them, but they love to fight and they're going to make a human centipede with MJF at the back of the line. And if we want blood and violence, then they're not playing grab us anymore. And on May 5th, it'll be the pinnacle versus the inner circle in a blood and guts match. So, Sorry, uh, everybody who had tickets to the Newark show last year thinking we were going to get blood and guts. We will not. They're doing it May 5th. Um, and that's the end of that segment. So, you guys, what do you say? May 5th road trip, Jacksonville. We'll be vaccinated. We see blood and guts. Uh, I can't commit to anything right now. You son of a bitch. Well, <laughs> um, so anyway, guys, uh, for real, I thought that this was actually one of the best promos Jericho's done in AEW. I thought it was perfect and to the point we didn't get anything in that moment from the pinnacle. So I thought it was a, a good promo. Um, Kate, what did you think of this? I agree. I thought this was a great promo for a few reasons. One, um, to be a face doesn't mean you have to be harping on how persevering you are or how you're just so excited about the fans like you can be a face and a badass i think it's 
<laughs> and people that came up in the era of wrestling that I did, we saw CM Punk do it a little bit, but not a ton else about baby faces cutting promos where you're still digging your teeth in. Um, Becky Lynch, probably a good example of that, I guess. But uh, this was really, really refreshing. Um, I thought it was a really nice balance of silliness, but also some some serious jabs at people. And I think it goes to show you what a great job they've done of establishing stars on the show that you can dig into people without it burying them. And Jericho is, he does that as a heel super well too, of like, let me toss you up to knock you out a little bit or vice versa, where he will acknowledge what someone does really, really well to put them over, but also bat them down to get them back to earth. He did it a few times talking about MJF here and running through the rest of them kind of in this roast, but I liked it. I thought this was a really well-rounded promo. Like you said, I loved the use of funny lines, but also being serious as hard pick um, at other points. And I just thought it was really well done. I'm very excited for blood and guts. My birthday is May 14th. So I would love to go on May 5th in celebration. Um, but I guess Matt is ruining everything. So maybe we won't. I'm not ruining anything. I just have <laughs> to logistically figure out how I cannot miss a ton of work. And we can do this. So everybody fucking relax. Uh, I was flying every week yep. to Jacksonville. Yep. So you can take a flight down and a flight back. Listen, fuckface. We all know you weren't flying anywhere. All right. You just put a fucking fancy background on your goddamn computer. No, no, no. no I've got the no. airline miles to prove airline, it. Airline, my balls. Let me see a ticket stub. I don't. Who has a stub? Everything's digital now, bro. I collect stubs. I gotta have it all. Well, everything's digital. It's like Pokemon. I do want to. All right, let me see I a do, digital thing. I don't have my my thing on my phone. I'm Why? not holding my phone up in front of this camera. Why? What are you nuts? You're a liar. You're a fucking liar. Don't try and blame me. Don't blame me for this bullshit. I didn't blame you, Kate. Kate did. did. And, and I you do also blame me before. I do want to say, uh, just to Kate's point about kind of playing up the baby face thing, they didn't play it up too much although he definitely played to the fans early on in this so as soon as he started doing that it was like full face turn in you know is in effect i mean i didn't think it was bad like he wasn't like sugary pandering yeah i guess right wasn't so like disgustingly baby face like i feel like a lot of times faces can lose the sight of the feud and just talk about what good guys they are also, Jericho loves naming people after pineapples. We got Pineapple Pete. We got <laughs> the Pineapple Pinnacle here. I think, right. he, I think we know his favorite fruit. I or do love some pineapple. Yeah. yeah. Just, don't, just don't put it on pizza, you heathens. I know. Yeah, that's gross. Not into it. I don't think he's too babyface. I think it's cut and dry. He opened his arms to MJF. MJF did him dirty. And attacked him. I don't think he has to be overly baby face. I think it, he played it perfectly. Uh, came across great. Uh, blood and guts on the fifth. I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. So there's uh, there's not much more to say about this. I'm excited for it. I think it will literally be full of blood and guts, um, especially with the crew that is going to be involved. These 10 guys are going to put on a hell of a show. So I'm pumped for this. Well, after the uh, the stitches that got put in Dax's head last week, right? Like you knew that that would be a perfect way to lead into 
blood and guts. And plus, these factions are just perfect to go at it with each other. Santana and Ortiz look like madmen right now. So um, I think it'll be great. We went to a commercial after that segment and come back with Christian Cage being interviewed. He said last week was the culmination of a whole year of scratching to get his way back after what was taken from seven years ago. Uh, he said Frankie took him into the deep waters and pushed him under and he loved every second of it. His lungs were on fire, um, but he's not like everybody else. And when you step in the ring with him, you have to bring it up a notch. And then our favorite, favorite person rolled up. It was Taz. And Taz says that he and Christian have known each other for a very long time. And seven years is a long time. Then Taz uh, can help him get back to where he belongs and offers Christian a spot in uh, Team Taz and asks him to think about it. And that is the end of that. So Christian clearly uh, back in the swing of things last week. We all thought he looked pretty good. Um, and now it looks like they're going to be doing something with Taz and Team Taz, whether or not he joins is, remains to be seen. I don't think it's going that way, but they've swerved us a few times. Um Matt, what do you think about this possible program with uh, somebody or all of Team Taz? Uh, that's awesome. Christian Cage against Ricky Starks. Christian Cage with Brian uh, Brian Cage. Um, the Cage brothers. And I think this I think this will be where the wheels completely come off of Team Taz. Um, you know, I think Christian Cage is the perfect guy to have do that where, you know, if, if anyone's going to make Brian Cage turn, it'll be Christian Cage. Um and I think that uh, at some point the enough is enough and it's time for a change. And Brian Cage joins Christian Cage. Yeah. The I Cage was, brothers. That's what exactly. I was like, do you think they just want to line up the names? Are we also going to have Hangman and Ethan Page against them at some point so we can get the four uh, Cage Pages together? Um I think this is going to be great. I do not think he's joining Team Taz. He just got there as an individual and wants to prove himself. One thing, and I credit Tony Khan too, because he has said, if you want to go out there and say your piece to like these WWE alumni, go out there and say your piece. Like you had a chip on your shoulder, say it. Like Miro had mentioned that in an interview that he was like, I just got to go out and say whatever I wanted to say for the first time in years. I kind of like that Christian Cage has not really done the, I was held back, blah, blah, blah. Like he alluded to the fact that he's been out of the game for, I guess he's been in the game for a year, but was out of it for seven or whatever. And he fought his way back, but it was really refreshing not to have like a chip on my shoulder promo um, from him at, at this point in the game. I don't think he'll be joining team Taz. I do think uh, team Taz is on the fritz. So maybe my dream of legit Layla joining them is going to be dashed before it even starts, but I think that'll be great. And Christian Cage versus Ricky Starks, I think would be an absolutely sick match based out of what we saw from Christian last week. Um, I think that it would just be lightning in a bottle. So I am looking forward to where that goes. Um, but I, I agree with Matt and that this is, this is the end of team Taz brother. I agree. And I think any chance we get to see, more solo Ricky Pay uh Ricky Starks, excuse me. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Starks. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky Starks page. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Uh it's a hyphenated last name. Um 
any chance we could see more Ricky Starks on TV uh, is fantastic. Um, so after this, we go to our Godzilla versus King Kong match with Bear Country versus Jurassic Express. Um, they really hyped up the corporate synergy for this one, folks. Uh, but uh, beyond it being a Godzilla versus King Kong titled match, there really was nothing special about it. It was a standard tag team match. Uh, we got to see Bear Country, you know, on uh, TV uh, on their own. Um, there was a really weird moment early on <laughs> with uh, Luchasaurus. I guess they were trying to do uh, Jungle Boy kind of up in a powerbomb situation. Uh, and then I guess Luchasaurus was supposed to get caught by who bear Boulder. Um, and it didn't really work out. Uh, but I will bring that up only to say this over the past few weeks, we've seen like numerous moves like this, not work out and they automatically try them again. Uh, they just let it go. Uh, and I was happy to see that they just made the best of it beyond that. Um, bear country, uh, worked this one pretty well i think we got a pretty standard match out of luchasaurus and jungle boy getting all the moves we would expect to see jungle boy uh flying around uh luchasaurus kind of flipping over the top ropes uh eventually jurassic express does get the win uh with the standing moonsault from luchasaurus onto bear bronson so while bear country did not come out on top the godzilla luchasaurus wins this match um, I thought it was actually a pretty good showing for Bear Country on television in a time where they got to actually stand on their own. Um, maybe you guys think differently. Matt, what did, what do you think? Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Um, I thought Bear Country looked great. I thought Jurassic Express looked great. There was no Marco stunt, which was fantastic because I don't think he belongs on the AEW roster at all. So that was great that he wasn't out there. Um and it was a great showing Royal Teams. It was the number two tag team against the number four. So I guess this will have implications on next, week, next week's rankings. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. It was a good tag team match. Again, though, to my point earlier, you know, because the Young Bucks are tied up in this six-man with Don and Kenny and the Good Brothers, you know, like, I don't know. It feels like we don't have tag champs right now. Like these guys aren't fighting for anything because what's, you know, the tag champs are all tied up in this other feud. But uh, overall, good match. I enjoyed it. Bear Country looked great. They're a great addition to the AEW roster. Jurassic Express looks great. Uh, and I was happy with it. One really fun thing about Jurassic Express is that you have someone as acrobatic as jungle boy and someone as much of a monster as luchasaurus at any given time and don't get me wrong luchasaurus can move but it's kind of fun because you're always going to have some sort of styles clash in some sort of way basically no matter who they're fighting so i just really appreciate that about this tag team i thought it was a good match i think you're right and i really like it if you screw up a move just to move on from it instead of be like no we're gonna get it in um because there's no way that even if you nail it, that doesn't come across as extremely calculated. It's distracting to the story. Um, but I really liked this. Uh, I agree with Matt a lot on the title picture, though. I feel like the Young Bucks getting lost in kind of the singles championship picture is getting a little bit stuck in the mud. Not too bad, but it does make it seem like, other than Santana and Ortiz versus um, FTR, like there's so much venom there that that feels perfect to me um 
but it is kind of like these other tag teams that are hanging around are are fantastic but yeah there is not like necessarily a ton of motivation for them to be clashing i mean a huge disappointment in this match is the lack of marco stunt i think we can all agree um that yeah he makes pretty much every match better i think marco should go on maybe a, a solo run and get after kenny i think that's what this is really leading to I agree. Shoot Marco to the moon. Strap that rocket to his back. I think, I think so. he deserves it. Like I will your rain. I, I will say this. Do you um, guys hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? I just I don't know if you realize what you're saying. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're not all lubed up over here. We can hear just fine. Okay, because I'm pretty sure you just said put a rocket on Marco Stunton and you show the company. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot him out of the company right not you didn't mean like to no. the top of the company no no, no, no i i meant shoot him to the moon give him the belt give him all the belts oh like he i was be- thinking you were like bugs bunny cartoon literally shoot him to the moon no, no. my biggest complaint with the rankings is that marco's done isn't in him and he's clearly the most valuable person in the company so he should be number one on the men's tag and the women's division i mean he with That's that long, with that long girly hair he might be able to pass for a woman how dare you yeah, that's and, just hurtful. And now. he's about as useless as the women's division in AEW. So wow, double kick you in the teeth. I will say this: um, I do think that. Well, I agree with you guys. Where it's like you know, there's kind of nothing that they're fighting for here. Um, let's not forget there is uh, the young bucks are kind of involved in in this program, obviously with the good brothers and Kenny, but they're also going to be involved in this uh, title match with Pac and, uh, and Phoenix. So, you know, there is something that we're getting going to get past and then somebody else is going to have to step in to work a program for those titles, whoever's going to hold them. So um, while there's nothing here in the immediate future, I think this sort of lines things up for, you know, something to come down the road. Um. Either way, we move on from this, and guys, we get a QT Marshall promo from the Nightmare Factory. The actual factory that makes nightmares. Great. It's like a fucking retribution promo. Oh, I don't know what that is. Um, so QT says that he is done. He's done all this work for Cody, and all that Cody's done was try to leave him in behind. And that Cody has played second fiddle to Ted DiBiase Jr. And even put face paint on because he knew he couldn't live up to his dad. But he's cracked the code and surrounded himself with vanilla indie midgets. Uh, But uh, Marshall has surrounded himself with killers. And he talks about Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado, who needs to shave his chest. And Anthony Agogo. Uh, and then Anthony Agogo cuts his own promo about how l- beloved he is in the UK as a boxer. And then QT says that it's his factory and Nick Camarado uh, throws paint all over the wall. Huh. It's, a sh- it's a shame. You son of a that- bitch. You know, when you say killers, right? You're like, who are the killers in AEW? I'm like, Aaron Solo. It's the first name that comes to my head. I'm like, I would never want to see. It's not Lance Archer. It's not Brian Cage. Um, it's not Taz. Uh, it's not Evil Uno. No. If, do I want to run into Arrows, Aaron Solo in a dark alley? I don't even want to run into him at a Walgreens. 
Uh, or the Jacksonville parking lot, because we all know how unsafe that place is. Horrifying. Horrifying. Love, look, love the stable. Love the angle last week. My understanding is they're going to be called the factory now. This was very, uh, I don't know, bland for me. The paint on the wall was very, uh, maybe Kate will get the reference, very retribution-ish. I didn't understand it because, you know, you can't, if you're going to do an angle like this, uh, QT Marshall, you need to stop posting, like, the Nightmare Factory shit on your Instagram and your Twitter. Um, love the group. Love the angle. This was kind of pedestrian for me. Uh, the paint thing really ruined it for me. I did enjoy Anthony Agogo, uh telling people that he was the fucking king, though, uh, because when you got them, them knuckle dusters, you can say that. But uh, love the group. Not so much this. The the paint really ruined it for me. And I might just be uh, being a nitpicky little pissant, but I, I did not enjoy the paint thing. I will just say this about the paint. And Gina even called this out on the couch. She said, you had one job to do. He barely hit that logo. So it just was blue paint down a black wall. Um, Kate, what did you think? I think... The miss might have been a little intentional because they're going to go clean up that blue paint and the Nightmare Factory is going to look brand new tomorrow. Uh, Here's the thing. Okay, so I actually really like QT Marshall delivering this promo. I liked the Ted DiBiase Jr. stuff because I forgot about Legacy. I liked the Stardust stuff. I liked the stuff that was personal at Cody. And then um, to Matt's point... Not everyone can be like killers. <laughs> so people got to get you in different ways. And I don't think it, the paint would have been so bad if he didn't just come out and say you're killers. Because throwing paint on the wall, not the act of uh, a homicidal person. I don't watch nearly as many murder documentaries as Matt does. But throwing paint on a wall feels a little bit more like high school senior prank day than it does. Uh, we would we would characterize that as vandalism. Vandalism, perfection, not so much homicide. Big gap between the two. So yeah, I just uh, killers ain't it with these guys. Um, rabid pit bulls, maybe you want to say like the something along those lines, or um, you know, guys that are going to outsmart you. Like I don't know what it is, but killers ain't it with, the, with this group. And then the paint sweater on top of it. Uh, made it feel like Killers was ironic now, which is bad, which is, I think, what you were saying with, like, it feeling like Retribution. Like, Retribution's whole thing is that they keep coming out and saying that they're the most dominant stable, and then they lose constantly, all the time, for months. Um, But still, like, dress like they are. So I agree with you. It was, like, almost like... It felt the same way as when Darby and Sting went to hit the glass windows because they were being hooligans and it was like they shattered like one tiny little pane of a thing and threw a skateboard through an already kind of openish window like it it just didn't <laughs> like they got to start evaluating the impact of what things are actually going to look like a little better with these promos um so i'm with you i think that the angle is a great idea i don't like the name the factory i get it but I don't know. I thought of Burlington Coat Factory pretty immediately. Also, is Vandal... This might be a question for the attorney in the group, 
But isn't vandalism a misdemeanor? Not necessarily the same thing as killers Wait, and homicide, who, right? Who's an attorney? Tony. You said in the group. Yeah, somebody who's listening uh, can answer that question. Um, yeah, somebody who's listening has been sleeping for fucking two hours already. Okay. <laughs> Why, do we uh, have other attorneys? What's that? Do we have other friends that are attorneys? I need to know this. I might be get. I could, you know, you never know me. I might get into legal trouble any minute now. Trevor. Yes. I, yeah, I, I'm related to an attorney. Trevor doesn't listen. Your brother is not an attorney. He's not even a fucking person. I'm not talking about my brother. Okay. Um, Smart Mark Sterling. He might be. I, I got an attorney out in Indiana. I know that much. That fucking motherfucker is an attorney and he borrowed my MLB.TV shit? <laughs> you fucking kid, you cheap fuck. Are you serious? Uh, apparently, apparently vandalism is criminal mischief in oh. Indiana. That's what I'm being told right What now. about Jacksonville, Florida, Joe? Don't know. What do you know, know, Joe, you fucking attorney wizard? It is a misdemeanor in Indiana. He is typing as as we're talking here. Is he? But is he all looped let's up? Let's move on. He Nick, might be. He probably even has keys, so you're not even getting breaking and entering. That's no. Not... Yeah. And if if they didn't change the locks, that's on them. Oh yeah. So moving on from this, uh, we go to commercial and come back. Tony Shivani has an interview lined up. It's That's right. Tony Schiavone interviews Sting, but before anything can be said, Jake the Snake comes out and tells Tony to shut his yapper and asks where his little gerbil friend is at. Um, and then we see <laughs> we see Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky up in the rafters, and Jake talks about the definition of insanity, which to me is this Sting interview week after week. Um, but Lance Archer makes his way uh, out of the tunnel and snatches the mic to complain about hit the agenda in AEW. Lance gets pushed to the top and does main event after main event, and then they try to push him away. The world's going to pay attention to the murder hawk, and it's his time. But then Sting tells him he's main event material and asks Jake Roberts to help him channel all of his energy into getting into that main event the right way. And then that ends that, but we go to Team Taz, so let's close loop on these segments. Team Taz is hanging out backstage somewhere, and Ricky Starks wants to hear from Brian Cage, but Taz isn't having any of it and accuses uh, Ricky Starks of instigating some sort of argument and that they have to get on the same page now because they have an offer out to Christian Cage, and Starks says he understands, and they're on the same page. So, guys, what did we think about this Sting non-interview? And what did we think about this mini Team Taz thing? Again, I don't think there's too much to unpack about Team Taz because I think we're all on the same page that they're going to blow it up with Christian Cage, and it looks like that's where this is going. But feel free to expand. Kate, what did you think about these segments? I thought they were fine. (laughs) Kind of exactly fine. I am interested in Darby versus Lance Archer. I am not interested in an old man fight in any way between Sting and Jake the Snake. I don't even need a spot outside the ring. Um, 
So I'm not into that. I also don't know if I agree with this, like you need to do it the right way thing. Cause I'm like, but he doesn't. <laughs> so that kind of, I was like, but that's not true a little bit, but it was, it was fine. And the team Taz segment was fine too. The handwriting is all over the wall. I'll take it. Anything that sends Ricky Starks on a singles run makes me really happy. Not because I think, uh, he doesn't fit in a stable, but I think he's just a breakout star, star power can gay. So um, these were exactly fine. Now, is there, and, and Matt, leading into you, sorry, uh, any interest in the fact that they kept showing uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky listening to this whole interview? For me? For For, you know, you or Matt, whoever wants to talk. Yeah, I think because they were saying alliance more than uh, tag team on elevation, that's that kind of stuff is good to me because it's like one of them might take the feud and somebody else could have their backs or whatever, or they could fight together. So the versatility of that definitely intrigues me. And I, honestly, either one of them in the ring on my TV screen makes me really happy. Like I'm, I'm really, really in on both of them. So, yeah, definitely some intrigue there. A very... The Team Taz stuff, whatever. We, I talked about that before. We all are on the same page as Anthony and Kate both said that it's going to explode. This is more interesting. I think there's a lot of possibilities here. Um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky being in the rafters. What does that mean? Isn't Darby usually up in the rafters with Sting? Uh, are they mocking Sting and Darby? Uh, Sting saying that Lance needs to be a main eventer, alluding that Jake is not getting the job done. Does that mean we see Sting um, bring Lance to his camp and we see Jake take Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky? Also, I thought Jake had like COPD or something in November. Like he was sick. This may just be a way to write Jake off a of TV. Uh, and maybe turn Lance babyface. You still have Kenny as your champ. Uh, obviously, we think the Miro-Kip thing is going to break down, so maybe like a Miro-Lance thing in the future. Um, this could go a lot of ways. I, I'm with you, Kate. I don't want to see, uh, or Anthony, I don't know which one of you said it. I'm sorry. I was being a jerk off and bobbing back and forth trying to be entertaining. Um, I don't want to see Sting wrestle Lance Archer. I don't want to see Sting wrestle Jake Roberts. I don't want to see Sting and Jake Roberts in a ring in an official wrestling match. There's shenanigans during a match. I'm okay with it. Jake has thrown some pretty good short-arm clotheslines, and we know Sting can take a, a powerbomb and hit the Stinger splash. But, like, in an actual match, I don't want to see it. Uh, so it'll be. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I do think, to your point, Anthony, it was interesting that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are up there. Uh, Jake giving them guidance would definitely... Uh, put a little, put a little, <laughs> Nelly, put a little main event status on their, uh, a little gold star next to their name when they have Jake the Snake coming to the ring. And, and this will be a different capacity for Jake because the role he's playing with Lance is he can't control Lance. Lance is a monster. You know, this might be something a little more his speed where he can cut promos for them. Not saying that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page need someone to cut a promo for him, but I think Jake can tell, uh, a better story for them. Yes, Nelly is very into this right now. Um, yeah, Nelly looked directly at the camera and was like, what? Yeah, because Trixie is now. Now Trixie is here. Come on. Come on. You're a weird that's, cat lady. That's what's happening. I, I was just going to say. 
He's cat daddy. Um, No, you know, Matt, that's interesting. I didn't even think about the fact that we could kind of swap talent among Sting and uh, Jake the Snake. I think that actually would be a good way to go. Put put, you know, Lance with kind of Sting to kind of get him to that main main, you know, kind of level that main event. And then also have Jake go with um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I think that might make sense. And you are right, Matt. Um, They did, uh, or it was uh, news at some point, maybe towards the end of last year, that Jake did have COPD, which is probably why he sounds the way he does. Um, It's, uh, you know, it's not reversible. Uh, So he's just going to be dealing with it. So we're, I don't definitely don't think, we're going to get him in any sort of wrestling capacity. I also think a Lance Archer babyface turn would be a huge thing for him and a really good idea. I think we don't have a lot of babyfaces that are like big dudes like that. Hobbs is, um, I guess Luchasaurus is face, but I think Miro is is going to be heel pretty hard. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of the bigger dudes I think are going to shake out as heels. So I think a Lance Archer babyface move would be great for his career and great for the product overall. Well, and I think you can easily do like Lance Archer kind of turns face. You put him with sting, right? Sting builds him up and builds him up. And eventually he does kind of get to that main event level and maybe never breaks through the way he thinks he does. And he can turn back right away. You know, like it would kind of make sense for his character to be sort of like bipolar, schizophrenic like that, right? Like it just, it can easily be done with Lance. So either way, it's it's really interesting to see the way that that kind of sh- is going to shake out. So we'll keep our eye on that for sure. And anyway, again, as I said, to have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky uh, on television is good to me. Um, so probably the reason that, uh, Darby Allen wasn't up in the rafters, Matt, is because his match was right after this. Um, so we got Darby Allen versus JD Drake for the AEW TNT Championship. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I think it was our boy Ryan Schlong in the Discord who said JD Drake should be in the NWA in the 80s. Um, <laughs> was a hundred percent accurate, but JD Drake can can go, man. He looked. I thought he looked good in this match. Um, I thought this was a a pretty decent match although again um you know cutting cutting to the end here darby allen does win by pinfall with the coffin drop to retain his title but again we got kind of the second week uh, second week in a row um that we get darby allen pretty much take a beating this whole match and then it hits like one or two moves and it's over he retains um again i think it was ryan schlong in the discord who basically said you know wasn't Darby's whole thing like his offense hurts him and hurts you? And now we're just kind of like to the point where it's like he takes the beating, he hits one move that doesn't affect him anymore, and he gets the win. So, I mean, I guess if we're going to nitpick, that's a big nitpick. But at the end of the day, I still like seeing Darby Allen on TV. Um, he has really interesting offense to me. Uh, his his move set is unique. Not a lot of guys doing the moves he's doing. The coffin drop, I think, is still a killer finishing move. And anytime you can pull it off is great. So I don't necessarily have too much to hate on uh, Darby Allen for. And again, like I thought this match was 
was really entertaining and it really showed that jd drake can go if people didn't know who jd drake was now you have a chance on television to see him so i didn't have a problem with this um kate what did you think i have less of a problem with this this week than i did with darby versus john silver because jd drake is kind of a bigger boy um i feel like story-wise and ring psychology wise, this lines up a little bit better because um, that is realistically how Darby Allen would be a guy like JD Drake. With John Silver, granted, he's a jacked little dude, but he's in a lot, like realistically, a much smaller guy. Um, so I think for the purposes of this match, that makes sense to me. That's how Darby Allen would beat this particular guy. I am in agreement that like i don't want to see this be his entire title reign i would like some variety in there i think darby allen versus christian cage would be an awesome match i think there's a lot of guys that darby can do different things with so i hope we start to see those shades of darby i didn't feel like overwhelmed by it last week i think i was looking for it this week a little bit more about the defense versus offense um kind of relationship with this and a lot of people maybe don't know who J.D. Drake is, so it's good to make him look really strong on television as well, even though Darby's still getting the win here. Uh-huh. So while I don't want to see this become a pattern every single week, I don't want Darby to have the same type of match every time, um, I think it made more sense in this context than it did maybe against John Silver. And I thought it was a really good match. I mean, Darby <laughs> like gets yeah. It kicked in. I will say that. My goodness. Uh, yeah, I thought this was the match of the night for me. Um, I liked it better than I like Darby's performance better than last last week or two weeks ago. Whenever he wrestled John Silver, um, JD Drake. He's a former Evolve Tag Team Champion. He's a former Evolve Champion. He has a great wrestling pedigree. If you're not familiar with JD Drake. Uh, you should definitely go back and watch a bunch of his stuff in Evolve. Uh, he was in a tag team with Anthony Henry. Uh, he wrestled a lot with Austin Theory. Uh, he wrestled a lot with Dickinson and Tracy Williams. And, and really, like, he was one of the shining beacons uh, of light in the end of Evolve as it started to wind down. Definitely somebody worth checking out. And he does have a very old-school wrestling look with the high trunks. Um, but, man, he can fucking go. And I thought this was an awesome match. Um, again, not I didn't hate on Darby as much as I did when he wrestled John Silver. Uh, I thought this match worked really well. Uh, to Kate's point, JD is a bigger boy, so it made a little more sense to me. Uh, and I'm okay with with Darby retaining. Uh, the post match shenanigans, um, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know where this plays in with the story. Um, well, well, let me let me pull everybody up to what happened post-match because we didn't really get there. Uh, but after um, after the match, uh, Butcher and the Blade uh, come out to blindside Darby Allen on the stage. The rest of the Hardy family office, you know, kind of joins in uh, on working him over. Bunny comes out to tell the commentary team, uh, Sting and the Dark Order, uh, you know, to, to tell them that they, she wants to clear the table so that they can put Darby through it. But then Sting and the Dark Order come to the stage to even the odds. You know, Tay Conti runs out to start beating down on the bunny, and then referees swarm to pull them apart. So that brings us up to speed on the post-match. So, Matt, I guess the only reason I feel like this makes sense is because 
we have the issue with Matt Hardy, right? Matt Hardy's been talking for weeks how he's going to take the title. Now the Butcher and the Blade are part of that organization, right? So um, so there is that issue there. And obviously we have Tay Conti fighting, uh, you know, um, uh, the bunny later. So it was, I guess, just a means to the end to get them to kind of confront each other before their match which we honestly haven't really seen a lot of in AEW, like a pre-match, you know, kind of pull apart. Um, so this is kind of the first time we're we're really seeing it, but that's the only kind of reasoning I could see behind this making sense, Matt, right? Like the issues are there, and obviously we'll we'll talk about the card next week when we get there, but this does make sense from that standpoint. Right. I just, you know, do we want to see... I get that Darby wants to be a fighting champion. Do we really want to see... Uh, I mean, is the end game him against Matt Hardy at double or nothing? Does he go through the butcher? Does he go for the, through the blade? Does he though, go through Casty and Mark Quinn in singles matches, which are probably going to be great? You know, Darby against either of the private party guys is going to be awesome. Uh, even the blade, you know, the butcher, he's a little bit of a bigger guy. So that'll be an interesting story they tell. Is it all to get, you know, have Matt's office, as they call it, beat down Darby so he is... Uh, not 100% when he goes in to face Matt. I guess I can get into that. And, yeah, I get the Tay Conte uh, bunny stuff. So I'm not against it. It just seems um, a lot of spoons and, and a lot of porridge. a lot of players. You know, you go from Lance Archer, Sting, uh, you know, and Lance Archer was interrupting Sting and Darby a couple weeks ago, and now Darby's doing this. So, yeah, I, I'm not against it. I'm just trying to figure out where it all fits together. Well, and and we will, I'll get to you, Kate. I'm sorry. I just want to, so we will, we're going to wrap up this Matt Hardy thing pretty quickly because they did announce as part of the card for next week that we're going to get uh, a TNT championship match next week, Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy in a false count anywhere match. So like, it, it's not going to necessarily wrap the whole story, right? There's a right. lot of other guys in that Matt Hardy family, but at least the Matt Hardy portion you would think is going to be kind of chapter one is probably going to get written off next week. And then eventually down the line, I agree with you. We'll probably get, you know, the blade or somebody else, you know, private party guys, uh, and then back to Matt Hardy, maybe for a return. Um, but, uh, Kate, you know, post-match stuff, any, any issue here? Just maybe Lance Archer turns babyface and is the guy in Darby Allen's corner while he's going through people that are essentially tag teams, right? Like if it's Blade and he has Butcher in the corner, what if Lance Archer is in Darby's corner? But is that Sting's role is the only thing. But that was just, there's so much going on, so many spoons, so much forage. Um, That was the only thing that maybe popped into my mind was like, oh, maybe Lance is going to be the guy that's like, that evens out the fact that the opponents are all tag teams kind of. Um, But that could also very well just be, the stinger so uh no problems with this intrigued i like it when there's so much going on because there's like obviously issues with team taz that are still kind of there so um i like when i don't know that's what makes wrestling really fun <laughs> let's see where it goes hopefully it's good <laughs> absolutely there's a lot of stuff that that they can do down the line uh and then they went to a commercial after that um they did show a video package ma- hyping up the main event we'll get there uh but when we come back from from the commercial, Jericho's getting interviewed backstage by Marvez. He kind of apologizes or he's being kind of baby faced to Marvez. And then he gets blindsided by the pinnacle. Uh, and they drag him out to the stage. They throw him in the ring. 
Uh, FTR hits the spike pile driver, and then the camera goes backstage again, and the inner circle are stuck in their dressing room. I guess they showed the doors have been bolted shut, and they are literally breaking the door down from the inside. Um, and as we go back to the ring, a table is being set up on the outside floor, uh, and Jericho is now being put into the powerbomb position by Wardlow. And then all of a sudden, music hits, and it is Iron Mike Tyson coming out and uh, making the save. Iron Mike lights up uh, Sean Spears, body shots, uh, takes him down to the ground for more punches. The inner circle finally get out to make the full save, uh, and the pinnacles run off. And they're left standing tall with Mike J- Mike Tyson and Jericho. They actually have an embrace. Jericho thanks the Mike Tyson. You could see him thanking him. Um, and uh, the inner circle are now friendly with Mike Tyson. When the last time we saw Mike Tyson, him and Jericho were being pulled apart. So it looks like, uh, you know, they're now friends and everything's good. The hatchet's been buried. I do not know what the future holds for Mike Tyson, or do we? Um, they announced something for next week. We'll get there. But uh, guys, what did you what did you think of this segment? They they really late uh, in the day yesterday started hyping up the fact that uh, Mike Tyson was making his return, but nobody knew. Yes, Matt. Uh, do you know why they had to hype it? Uh, I don't know any news behind it, but go ahead. You TNT didn't break it. TNT was very mad that they did not. Uh, of the Sting surprise. Really? Yeah, they felt like if they had promoted Sting coming on to the show when they when he made his debut, that more people would have watched. So they said no more surprises. See, now, where I disagree with that is because it it is surprises like that that give you a reason to say to people, you got to watch every week. You know, there's stuff that's not announced that you have to be tuning in to see what's going to happen. So, like, listen, in the case of somebody like Mike Tyson, you probably do want to hype that up, right? No, like, absolutely. it's Mike Tyson. Well, that's like, why they made that Paul White announcement, too, that Wednesday morning. I mean, that, that you know, like that, I get. I mean, like, Paul White's not somebody huge where if it was a surprise, it would have been like, oh, like, look who's here. Like, I mean, and he's not really in a wrestling capacity. If they didn't announce that, and they didn't announce it was going to be Christian Cage, they did leave it up as a surprise. Most people kind of got there. But I think that, that those things are really reasons where you kind of have to be like, I've got to tune in. And that was a pay-per-view. And I mean, that's where you're going to get people who are interested, who are going to kind of pay into it. I mean, again, I don't disagree with TNT being like, it's Mike Tyson, let's fucking build this up. I'm good with that because he's a celebrity. That makes sense. But if you're going to have some wrestler show up, like to be honest, if Tessa Blanchard is going to show up, for example, right? She's a huge free agent out there. I don't want it. I want it to be a surprise. I get more out of it being a surprise than they're hyping up. Tessa Blanchard's coming. Right. You know what I I mean? I think, I think they're, and I think Jericho said this on his podcast that TNT was upset. If you look at their history of wrestling, um, you know, and if you go back, to, we people talk about the the Monday Night Wars all the time and how there was so many people watching. 
Um, and there's no clear number as to how many people were actually watching, but a lot of those people were watching WCW. Uh, and at some point or another, they stopped watching wrestling. That's clear because the ratings have never been the same. I think their thought is like Sting, you know, to a TNT, someone who watches TNT, they can, if you see Sting's going to be on AEW, or at least going to turn on the show to, to see him make his return debut. Uh, I get your point, though. I thought it was whatever. It's semantics to me. Um, they're they're thinking in a marketing aspect, and the wrestling product is better when you have moments that make you pop off your couch that give you chills like that. Like, that was a moment in history, and it is spoiled as a wrestling fan if it's before, but they're thinking, hey, this thing would have driven ratings. It sounds like everybody's really trying to do their job. Um, but I also think maybe that's going to be a little less important when the other show moves to Tuesday nights, they might not feel like, oh, we have to like make people change the channel and we need to announce it ahead of time. Like that, that really might loosen up a little bit, literally next week or the week after. No, it's next week. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see the numbers. Uh, next week, you know, I think both numbers for both shows will be up because people don't have to choose. And, uh, and that's a good thing because that, in my opinion, that's the one WWE product worth watching. Uh, it just sucks that it's on Wednesday night at the same time as the AW show. Yeah. Now you don't have to choose. You can watch, uh, them on Tuesday night and you can watch AW on Wednesday night and then you could be happy and you can listen to this show. There it is. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> but but listen, from from the standpoint, like Kate said, from a marketing perspective, something like Mike Tyson does make sense to me. Right. Like, it, you know, when they announced it yesterday, it definitely piqued my interest. And I was like, well, I definitely want to be- see how they're going to bring him back in and what he's going to do. Like Mike Tyson, different story. Sting, do not want that yeah. ruined. Like that is a huge surprise. And in that moment, it's all everybody's talking about. Like you get the initial pop and talk of everybody talking about Mike Tyson. Now, obviously after what happened tonight, there will still be talk going on in the wrestling community and sports community about what happened with Mike Tyson. Uh, By the way, he looked fucking great. Um, He's definitely been training. Uh, Mike Tyson also side note, I believe he's a vegan now. Um, So, uh, I think that uh, I think that this was done fine as far as announcing it and the way that they kind of had him join up with the inner circle. Something that we kind of put out on the Mark Order Pod uh, Twitter uh, when the news came out was, you know, do you think this is kind of like good for business? Right now, obviously, there's the same kind of thing as like Shaq. Right, this is a huge sports uh, celebrity who draws people in Mike Tyson will always be that person because of what he did in the boxing ring, biting off an ear, right? Whatever Mike Tyson does, people are going to be interested in kind of seeing what happens and his kind of fall from grace. And now trying to get back into good graces, Uh, you know, he's just kind of become a cultural icon. So I think it's good for business, but I'm just interested in seeing how, uh, deep that his partnership kind of goes with AEW. So I guess my question is not maybe so much as is this good for business? What do you think is best for both sides 
for his capacity <coughs> to be, uh, you know, his role and in what capacity in AEW. I think uh, from a business side, this is a great move for them, especially uh, knowing they were going up against NXT Stand and Deliver, knowing that it's WrestleMania week, and knowing that Mike Tyson being on the program with Ch- Chris Jericho will probably be picked up by all these outlets who are also running stories about WrestleMania. But people will see Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho, faces they're familiar with uh, from a WWE because uh, Mike Tyson was part of Stone Cold Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 14. They're going to see faces that they know from WWE, and they're going to see him in a non-WWE ring, and they're going to say maybe it will pique their interest. Uh, and it'll probably be shown on the same show where they're probably talking about WrestleMania at some point. They're all over the place this week uh, doing press. Shane McMahon was on the Michael K show today, uh, and that's an ESPN show. And you know they're going to have, you know, Roman Reigns will be on first take with Paul Heyman or Daniel Bryan or somebody. Uh, and this clip's going to be all over the place. And then extending him to next week as just a special enforcer for that match. Um, you know, do they ride this wave till till blood and guts? I, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is he a uh, WWE Hall of Famer, Mike Tyson? I believe so, but let me look. Oh, you, the, know what, you know what I'm going to do, Ant? What are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? You're going to check out the... Uh, I'm going to go over almanac. to my uh, Inside the Ropes Wrestling Almanac, which is uh, brilliant for anyone who is a wrestling fan. And I'm going to go to the Hall of Fame section. Just give me one moment here because I'm not familiar. Do you want me to get my thoughts while you're doing this? Yes. I was going to say, while Matt is looking that up, Kate, what are your thoughts on, as I said, kind of like what is going to be best for business for Mike Tyson's capacity in AEW? So the marketing professional in my head says this was a really dumb time to do this. (laughs) I actually think it's silly. I think it's not going to cut into a news cycle that's dominated by it. Uh, three brands of the biggest company in the world. I think they should have saved it for another night. I think they should have just surrendered this week. Um, Because I I don't think, I don't think what they ended up doing with Tyson was that big enough of a deal that it's going to be that newsworthy. Like, I don't know if I'm tuning in because I saw Mike Tyson and this is the segment they give me. I'm like, oh, sick. I I don't think... uh, they delivered on like his presence was great, but then like what happened after I think is silly. And I don't think it's going to cut into to anything. I don't think it's going to really be all over ESPN. Um, so my instinct as a marketing professional says that they should have just waited to do this next week. Uh, especially when you might have fans that are normally watching NXT carry over um, and have your Jericho and Tyson big moment then maybe they're thinking that's what's going to happen with the like special enforcer deal i don't know um but i just felt like today today you should just assume that these are going to be your lowest numbers of the year because it's dominated by another company who's already established this as their thing so my my gut was like this wasn't the day to do it and what they ended up doing wasn't like that special of like oh no it's cool jericho and mike tyson are friends now like if you haven't been following it just doesn't really mean a lot so i think this was actually kind of a miss as far as like from a business perspective what this does 
Does having him add value to your brand in future weeks? Totally, of course. So my my only sorry, Matt. My only my only thought, Kate, would be the fact that they did it this week because they actually had a live crowd and it was a live show and they sold they were selling tickets. So you know, you announce it and anybody maybe who was on the fence about getting tickets is like, you know what, I want to see Mike Tyson live right for, for whatever reason next week uh is not a live show it's going to be a pre-tape uh no no crowd i don't remember i think they actually said the next live show was april 21st maybe because oh, wow. then but you know they'll do like a live show and then a week off and then like another live show because if they're doing one week on one week off it would actually make sense. You do your next live show on the 21st, week off on the 28th, and then you're live for Blood and Guts on May 5th. That makes sense. And our butts are in seats. Go ahead, Matt. Mike Tyson is not in any wrestling Hall of Fame. Interesting. Interesting. So just a thought. Uh, I just just was a passing thought because it's always like WWE Celebrity Wing Hall of Famer. Shows up on, yeah. Right. Um, Anyway, um so it was an interesting segment we'll see what happens next week as as matt said uh they did announce uh later in the night that we are going to get chris jericho next week versus dax harwood and mike tyson will be a special ringside enforcer so we'll see what happens next week with mike tyson's involvement but as for what happened after that segment tony Schiavone interviewed dr Britt baker earlier in the day and um Britt Baker makes her case that uh, for a title shot base, uh, she makes her case for a title shot based not on her wins and losses by the rankings, but on t-shirt sales and overall impact because she is pushing this, uh, you know, division up on her back and she's the reason for it. Um, So again, I think it's more of what we've been hearing from Britt as of late. Um, and kind of saying, you know, I'm going to be on dynamite. I'm going to be on evolution or elevation. I'm sorry. I'm going to be on, you know, dark, uh, and I'm just going to pad my wins and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get my next shot. I don't know if anybody wants to expand on this. I thought it was okay. More of the same. Anybody have any opinions? No, I'll bring up the thing I was going to say about it in the next segment. (laughs) I have a lot of opinions. None on this though. Okay. So we do, after this, get into the Bunny versus Tay Conti. Uh, and Tay Conti looking pretty strong in this match yet again. She continues to grow week over week that we see her in the ring. Uh, she actually pulled off uh, a superplex uh, and then rolled through it um, into a hammerlock and the Didi Tay. And she got the pin and the win on that move. I thought for sure because there were some hijinks there. Sheeta uh, was out at ringside for some reason uh, with the kendo stick, which uh, the bunny got in her hands kind of prior to that, you know, uh, that sequence to end this match. Um, I don't know if either you guys noticed right as that was happening, the blade was distracting uh, ref Aubrey. And uh, that's how they kind of got the uh, Sheeta to pull the, kendo stick out of the bunny's hands on the top rope um as ref aubrey now is turning back around to the action 
I thought she was going to walk right into that superplex. Uh, it was dangerously close. Um, but either way, Tay Conti comes out with the win here. I thought another good showing for Tay Conti and also a good showing for the bunny. Um, in another week where we've seen, I think, in my opinion, the women's division have a good showing on television with two wrestlers, one we've been seeing, the other one we just kind of getting back in the bunny. Um, I didn't think there was really anything bad about this match. I thought it was entertaining. And I'll continue to see Tay Conti as long as they want to put her on television because she's good. She's really good. So I do want to throw it to Kate because, again, Kate has been our most crucial and most critical voice of the women's division. Um, And we all have been, but Kate, you have honestly been the most vocal. So I just, I'm always interested in your opinion on, on a match that I felt was pretty solid. I thought this match was really solid too. It's very uh, refreshing and the story made sense. There's two things that are really nice about it. The story continued and makes sense and it was booked well. Um, I, I gotta agree with you Tay Conti has just grown leaps and bounds in a very short time I feel like if she can get her stamina up I think she could really be a force I know it's probably painful for you guys to watch her because she's just so hideous but um, she is definitely a girl that you look out as another girl and you're just like fuck you for being that pretty just like as yourself um, but she's she's really growing into being the total package I think it's really wonderful to see She's getting more acclimated to different ring styles. She had a good match with Nyla during the tournament. Someone like Bunny is completely different, and she put on a great match with her as well. Her style is super interesting, and a lot of credit to Bunny here, too. She had not wrestled on TV in a while, and she's looked good in her appearances, so I like to see that as well. My only thing, and I know I'm the rankings whiner, but it's like the ambiguity and I'm not just generally whining about the rankings here, it is affecting the story a little bit because they kept calling her a number one contender because she's the number one ranked, but there isn't clarity around if she's actually the number one contender because of that. And assuming that is the case, why is Sheeta helping her out is the confusing thing. I know there's some like animosity between the other side or whatever, but like if that person is coming after your championship, you haven't wrestled except twice all year, I don't understand why you're interfering on her behalf. It makes no sense. She should be the biggest threat to you. So there's that some sort of disconnect between, because this wasn't the only spot in the night either. Britt Baker alluding to the fact that she needs more wins. It's like, okay, do the rankings mean that you're the number one contender or don't they? Because I, I harped on it continuously and then I just surrendered, but it's like, well, now they kind of are meaning something, but it's not clear. So um, I almost preferred it when they didn't mean anything <laughs> because now it's like, that's almost better than them half meaning something. So I just didn't like that piece of it because I just don't understand why you would interfere on behalf of your biggest threat, especially when you're the baby faces. It just, uh, a little ambiguous. The Brit promo also alluded to the fact that she's not like ranked. Um, so I'm like, okay, I want them to mean something but they half meaning something is worse than them not meaning anything. So that was my only gripe about it was that little interference. But otherwise it's been really encouraging to see good matches. We held a poll on um, the Mark order podcast, Twitter handle as well about who do you want to see be the next women's champion? Britt Baker won with 44%, but 
Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill were not next. It was Tay Conti. So it seems like her push is actually resonating with people as well, which is pretty cool. My push. The push. Um, I agree with you guys. I thought the match was fine. Here's my only problem with it. If you want your women's champion on TV, put her in a fucking match and have her defend the title. She does not need to be at ringside. And I think the story is better told if Tay Conte wins this match on her own. She defies the odds. She comes out on top. She plays the underdog. I fucking hate the fact that she is ringside for this. She's 2-0. and It's like a running joke on this goddamn podcast. I don't want to see her in a six-man. I don't want to see her in a fucking tag team. She's your women's champion. Have her defend the fucking title. If you want her to be a part of the show, if you want her on Dynamite, then let her defend the title. I don't care if she beats Alex Gracia in fucking two minutes. Put her on the fucking show. I'm tired of seeing her at ringside in her fucking dumb white suit with this fucking kendo stick. Enough. Defend the title. She's your women's champion for fucking Christ's sake. We're in April now. She's 2-0. and She's wrestled two singles matches since the beginning of the year. Give me a fucking break. This ag- this aggravated the fuck out of me. And they don't explain why she's at ringside. I'm with Kate because I've argued about the rankings with Kate before. It's never said you're a number one contender. So Excalibur and JR and Jim Cornette and any other fucking wizard that's doing commentary and Tony Khan need to sit down and they need to explain the rankings to them and then convey that to us. Because my understanding was the rankings did not tell us who our number one contender was. Uh, They were just rankings. And they just don't tell me she's the I know she's the number one ranked woman. That doesn't make her the number one contender. Why are we saying so, that? Did they? So, I actually don't know, and maybe I have to go back and kind of see what they were saying. Um, did they actually call her the number one contender? I thought at one point they said, you know, like they assumed she's the number one contender next in line for a shot. Multiple um, they said number one contender. Okay, I just wasn't paying attention that close. Yeah. So, but hey, Kate, I think I might have found your next hashtag campaign like explain the aew ranking system we need to get on tk's fucking radar and ask for them to clarify their ranking system what do they mean let's do it let's work a hashtag out keep an eye on mark order pod on twitter and we'll get this working i think we can get it going we need some clarity they seem to listen to their fans so let's do it so annoyed about Sheeta. So annoyed. I don't disagree with any of that either, Matt. I, I'm. We're all in the same boat with that. How are you the champion and you show up at ringside and inevitably every time you carry this fucking kendo stick and every time you lose it? And nobody so, thought on to like, oh, I wonder if Sheeta's going to hit me with a kendo stick. In just fuck, it's like, it's just fuck. It's, it piss. Like, there's no reason for her to be a ring. It's just fucking stupid. It's fucking dumb. Well, either way, Tay Conti and the bunny looked good, so that's the the big portion. Uh, that's you true. know, that's the most important thing. 
so another good week in women's wrestling in AEW on television. We'll take it. They did hype up the card for next week. So we did uh, we did give a couple of these away already. Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy in a Falls Count Anywhere match. We'll also have uh, Chris Jericho versus Dax Harwood with Mike Tyson as a special enforcer. I would assume we're going to get some of the pinnacle and the inner circle also at ringside. So Mike Tyson will have to be there to keep the peace, quote unquote. Uh, we're also going to get the Young Bucks defending their titles against Phoenix and Pac. Uh, Anthony Agogo will make his AEW in-ring debut. So that should be pretty interesting. We'll see if he can Agogo. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, guys, shut up just for one second. Shut up. Jade Cargill is going to fight Red Velvet. So uh, we can resume talking now. Um, they did give a, a video package uh, here as well, just to kind of hype up the the issue between Jade and Red Velvet, which is cool. But uh, I will say this, on one of the socials somewhere, I don't know, I don't remember whose it was. I don't remember if it was Instagram or TikTok or something like that, or it might've been a TikTok that was regrammed on Instagram. Um, I don't remember who, if it was like red velvet or somebody, but in the video, it was uh, red velvet, big swole. Uh, oh my God. Sunny kiss. And there was one more person in the back who I couldn't make out immediately doing some sort of, you know, dance. Right. So it had to be a TikTok. Sure. And then, so it was kind of like, I can't explain it in the foreground, like on the left side of the video was sunny kiss. And then on the right side was red velvet and behind red velvet in the background, slightly to the inside. So you could see them was big swole, I believe. And then behind sunny kiss was somebody, but they weren't really off, you know, out from behind them. Like you could see it eventually sunny kiss kind of moved out of the way. You could see it was goddamn, it was Jade and it just kind of took me out of like, Oh yeah. It's it's like she was scouting. She could have been there scouting. It just kind of like took me out of that whole thing. I was like, Oh, you gotta be better about this. And they're usually pretty good with their social stuff about staying out of each other's way, but it is what it is. That's, that is a nit pick. (laughs) Um, in past videos there's been somebody ambiguous in the background and a couple of times it's been orange cast just sitting there which is pretty funny <laughs> yeah yeah so one little nitpick but i'm looking forward to that match next week because their first one was good in that tag so now we'll get to see them go one-on-one yeah. um all right folks we're at our main event of the night it's the good brothers and kenny omega versus john moxley and the young bucks i'm gonna say this here right now folks i miss the long kenny omega entrance with the cleaner girls and all his accolades. I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a trios match, right? That's the branding. I got to stay on brand. It's a trios match. So they're going to introduce the teams together. Um, Except for uh, the young bucks and John Moxley, they still get their solo intros. Um, But we get into the match. Okay. So at the start of the match, uh, we do get Don Callis taunting the Jacksons from outside. uh, And then eventually, you know, uh, he kind of gets spooked and makes his way up to uh, the commentary booth. So that kind of made sense, right? We always talk about why isn't the manager at ringside? Uh, And in this case, it actually logically made sense. I think one of the Jacksons kind of swiped at him 
So Don got a little scared and kind of went up to commentary. So it it made sense from that side. Um, we got a lot of a lot of action during this match, but I really want to cut to the end here. As we get close to the end of this match on the outside, the Good Brothers are kind of incapacitated, and Kenny is in the middle of the ring, uh, just taking a beating from the Young Bucks. Um, and now the Young Bucks uh, are in the ring with Kenny, about to give him the BTE trigger, but Matt Jackson just can't do it. He just can't do it. So Nick kind of peps him up like, hey, let's do this. Let's get it done. And Matt says, okay, let's do it. Second try, Matt still can't bring himself to do it. So Moxley jumps in the ring and gives them a little pep talk and says, let's fucking do this. And he exits the ring. And now a third try, no good. Hesitation again. So Moxley comes back in. He underhooks for the paradigm shift on Omega. He hits it. He hits a second uh paradigm shift uh he gets kenny in a uh rear naked choke i believe and then picks him back up for another paradigm shift but gets super kicked by the bucks so um eventually eddie kingston comes down there is i don't now remind me guys because i don't have it in my notes i don't know if there was actually a pin and a finish to this match was there? There was. There was? I must have just missed it in the fracas. Well, either way, um, then I guess it would be Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers win this match. Eddie Kingston tries to come out to make the save, but the brothers hit the magic killer on him. So Eddie Kingston coming hobbling out, who's still going to go Friday night for the house, uh, can't make the save. The Young Bucks kind of get back up. They're conflicted and what happens. Don Callis and the Good Brothers are helping up Kenny. And then they kind of pick up John Moxley and Don whispers into Matt's ear and the super kick party is on. John Moxley takes the group super kick commentary is now talking about the bullet club being back together. And uh, we are off the air folks. That is the end. Uh, the, the young bucks are back in uh, the good brothers uh, are back in. Kenny Omega throws up the two sweet and Matt says, no, 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 let's group hug. And they hug it out and that's it. So I have to tell you uh, in the discord, I was kind of like, what in the fuck is going on here? Like, it's just another switch from the bucks. I have to tell you, I didn't necessarily hate the way that this kind of ended, but I don't know how many more of these flip-flops I can take from the Bucks. They got to fucking pick a route and go with it. Um, interested to see what your guys' thoughts are. Matt, I want to throw it to you first because you look like you have a couple thoughts. This is very, very much like the Young Bucks Golden Lover story they told a couple of years ago in New Japan Pro Wrestling where Matt also, I think I'm pretty sure it was Matt, couldn't couldn't fight Kenny until it was time to go. Uh, I just, the melodramatic shit is not, it's not working for me. Like shit or get off the pot here. Like, uh, you know, you're going to get, now you're going to get Eddie and Moxley against the bucks, which will be fine, but there'll be fucking tons of interference with the good brothers and Kenny Omega. I'm just like, not, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm with you. Like the bucks are either, they're either, they were, they're good guys. They're bad guys. Like, 
they were like tweeners when they were going after FTR and they were fucking super kicking everybody. Like, what? I don't know now. Like, I want the titles off of them. Is this the Bullet Club? Like, I don't fucking know, man. This is... I'm very indifferent on this. It, maybe I need to watch it again. Uh, I, I I was annoyed because it reminded me of the Young Bucks and the Golden Lover stuff. Um, you know, and the whole, like, for the past, what, eight weeks, we've seen the whole Don Callis, Young Bucks thing. Like, what's changed now? Do we get an explanation? Um, I don't know. Well, I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll, I want your thoughts, Kate. I just... I, we're going to have to get an explanation here because at the end, uh, before Don Callis made his way back to the ring, he was saying, you know, this was the plan, right? Like, so was the plan that they knew how to play the Bucks and now the Bucks are kind of okay with it, but I just don't, or were they playing this the whole time? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I just don't understand. And And like I said, I am just kind of, done like i like the bucks i didn't have a problem with this match like i thought it was a, a fine match i just for me it's we need to have the bucks follow one line for an extended period of time because they're super kicking everybody and smashing phones and then the next week they're baby faces and now they're essentially heels again i i, I don't know i definitely don't want to see something like we've seen in the federation where like that period of time where Daniel Bryan was part of the the Vulture family, whatever the fuck I can't remember their their the Wyatt, the Wyatt. family, and then the next week he was out, right? Like I, I mean, we need this if they're going to do something like that, they need to stay in this for a month at least to get me invested. If they turn back next week, I'm I'm over it. I can't do it. Kate, your thoughts. Okay, I actually said to my television, pick a tunnel, guys. <laughs> like, are you heels or are you faces? I'm with you. I'm over the flip-flop stuff. I also don't understand why this was done next week when you can assume a lot of people are going to be watching NXT if you're going to have the Bullet Club reunite. Maybe next week we get some overwhelming promo and they all throw up the two sweets and it's a thing. Um, I... Here's the thing that I do like about it. Them as heels means to me, maybe they're going to cut through a couple. They'll go through death triangle. They'll obviously have something with Eddie and um, Mox, but maybe with Santana and Ortiz being face, we get something out of that when they're done beating the hell out of each other with FTR. Maybe. Um I also don't want to underestimate Tony Khan's ability to, deliver when he does things like reunite the freaking bullet club are they going to show up on impact is somebody else going to come over or finju is going to come over like there's so many possibilities um that that could open the door to that are very exciting but in this moment i agree with you where i'm like a little bit exhausted by it i get the story i get that doc house was trying to awaken something in the young bucks and they found it and they realized they need to maybe a line as heels now or whatever i'm with you where i do not want to see them come out as faces next week and be like ha 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 you got played by us um but i the only thing that bugged me about the match itself is john moxley is not that fucking stupid 
John Moxley is not going to seem it, just not be able to deliver the V trigger and not think that something is up. Like after the third frickin' time and after 700 paradigm shifts and them not doing anything about it. Like, I didn't like that that made Mox look a little bit stupid, but the rest of the match was fine. Um, I'm hoping that what's exciting about it is the stuff of what's to come. Um, because maybe with a reunited bullet club and a forbidden door now open, there's a whole bunch of stuff that could come. And if Santana and Ortiz are going to stay face for a while and they stay heel for a while, maybe they will finally drop to Santana and Ortiz. Those are the things that I like about it, but I'm with you. I, the tweener run never made any sense. Like, cause it didn't lead to anything that almost felt like something happened creatively that completely changed. Like that was so stark and weird. Um, but I'm with you. I'm, I have enough trust that they'll deliver on something really cool. But in the moment, I was not like excited about it. And the fact that they also grouped hug and didn't throw up the two sweets. I was like, I hope they don't be like, we never actually reunited next week. And then they're back to being faces. Like that's my fear too. I'm completely with you on that. But I think what we might get is a Don Callis promo and then they all throw it up next week when maybe less people are watching NXT and people have just clicked over from NXT to AEW because it's not on Wednesdays anymore. But I hear you. I hear you loud and clear on the like, pick a, literally I was like, pick a tunnel, bro. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like two weeks ago they were sick of Kenny's crap, but now they're good with it. Yeah. It's a little muddy. We have to get an explanation. Uh, we just we have to get an explanation next week and they have to f- pick a lane right like they they have to say that this was something that they were crafting right like somehow they this has to make sense that all this stuff with don maybe was a work and then in the back they knew how they were going to do this and kind of finally close the door on moxley after you know the uh the 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 match you know with kenny the exploding fucking barbed wire match and whatever um i i just it needs to come together right or else this is gonna be really bad yeah um so i don't know that's the end of the show though uh so we did get them standing together we did get the group hug um but you're right, Kate. They didn't throw up that too sweet. He kind of was like, no, 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 no. Let's hug it out. And we'll see what happens next week, I guess, right? It was just kind of a weird closer to this show because there's just so many answers. And I guess maybe that's that's a good thing, right? Like, we don't have all the answers, so now we have to tune in next week to get those answers. And that's kind of what you want to do, right? You want to keep people invested in following the story week over week but if this doesn't pay off some way it's going to be a big letdown i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now at the two hour and 42 minute mark john moxley and eddie kingston have something to do with the young bucks losing the tag titles next week i mean that's totally possible but part of me now also thinks that that's not going to happen because now they're reunited and stronger with their their buds that they would never let them lose the titles. But you just said, are they reunited? Because they hugged and they didn't too sweet. Well, uh, again. And, and you have to know, you cannot wrong a John Moxley or an Eddie Kingston 
and not be prepared for payback. They got to know it's coming. Does now here's a complete out of left field thing. Do the Bucks retain and then somehow do Moxley and Eddie get their hands on the belt? No, I don't want that. I don't want a thrown together tag team being your tag team champions in such a tag team heavy division. I agree. I 100% agree. But do we think that that's a possibility that somehow we get a title shot against Eddie and Mox because now there's a problem? There's an issue. No, I think you can do blood feud between the two teams because of what happened tonight and what happens next week if the Bucks lose the tag titles. Yeah, I think we're going to get next week a Don Cal's promo. The Bucks get on the mic for like a couple minutes saying that Don was right. There was something in us all along. I think that's why it looks like the Golden Lovers story. They couldn't stop talking about how they who they used to be. Um and that they're going to just be heel tag chance. I don't think they're going to drop to death triangle. I don't think that's going to be the move. I don't think Death triangle has been healthy enough for long enough to establish themselves yet, but, um, and I just don't feel like that big of a belt drop is going to happen on not a pay-per-view. Well, also my only thought that they're not going to drop those titles because of Moxley and Eddie is because doesn't this throw a monkey wrench into this family reunion? And again, we don't know if it's a true reunion. They didn't throw up the two suites, but wouldn't this essentially cause a problem? Hey, we just made up with you guys and you didn't make sure that these two guys are, you know, going to get inter- interfere with our match and cause us to lose these titles. Like to me, it would just raise an issue between the group. And now it's another flip back to the way things were i i just i don't know it's gonna be interesting either Nick, way do you think this is how jay white gets onto american television absolutely i was just looking that up <laughs> uh it's wrestlemania week jay white is in tampa for wrestlecon this is taped um i was looking to see who was at wrestlecon uh this week because i don't know if tamatanga is there tangaleo the Grill is a Destiny, the OG um, Bullet Club. So that could factor in. Now, here's a question, right? Mm-hmm. So how long would they have been in Tampa, right? So if uh, – because I think the protocol, right, is you have to have it – if they're still using the same protocols, right, you have to kind of be in the bubble for a period of time or you have to have a negative test, whatever – if they were coming from overseas. Well, that um, depends because we watched um, Revolution and Maki Ito had wrestled the night before in Japan and she was there for the pre-show. True. Right? Jay White true. has a signing Friday night, 6 p.m. And Is we've he... seen Kenta already on American television. Let's not forget. Kenta was in the United States, though, already, right? Like... And I, I think Jay White does live in the Tampa area. Okay. So is it if is it possible if for some reason they don't show up, let's say next week on a pre-taped show, that they could pop up on the next live show, I believe, which would be the 21st? Yes, 21st. And if it's not a live show, then maybe that would be the taping that they show up on. I don't know. Listen, I, 
I'm with Matt. I fucking love Jay White. So I'd love for him to show up in AEW and do something. Um, I think maybe it's that big. Like, that's what I'm hoping for is maybe it's something that's that big. And and also, Kate's been talking about it during this conversation. There is no NXT next week, you know, not on Wednesday right. night. So you could rock, you know, this that would be huge. The first one with no competition. Sure, it sure would be. Well, there's a lot of spoons in the porridge, a lot of layers. Um, we actually, we, we gave out our news and notes earlier on. We just kind of flipped the script. So, uh, the only other thing I actually had, uh, was I meant to ask it before. I just kind of forgot. Milwaukee Tom had asked us in regards to hangman Adam page. Do you think that they're building up, uh, page too quickly or is he going to blow his next chance and really slow burn this? Um, into, you know, kind of Paige and Kenny. Uh, thoughts, opinions? Uh, Kate, you want to give your your thought first? That's a good question. Um, I don't think... I don't think Omega and Paige see each other until Paige is taking that belt off. Um, but maybe he uses his ranking status as a way to get a Darby at some point soon. Um but I feel like I get what he's saying because that just gives you even more anger. But I feel like with as complicated as the storyline is right now with Kenny, that the next time that Hangman and Kenny get together, Adam Page is taking that belt off Kenny Omega and he's going to have a fuck of a run. <laughs> yeah, I so I'm with you. I don't think I think that we're going to have kind of uh hangman kind of holding his number one position you know kind of as long as possible because don't forget too we have to get kenny to impact first right so kenny has to do his impact pay-per-view title versus title and you know that he's not dropping that goddamn title to whoever the impact champion is uh uh chris swan or not chris swan uh rich Rich Swan. swan sorry um so you know he's not dropping that title to to Rich Swan. Um, if he gets the Impact title, if he actually takes the Impact title, then that's fine. And I think maybe, you know, Paige kind of finds a point after that to start, you know, they start kind of working a program. I think at that point it can still be a slow burn and it's not just an immediate title shot loss and then he's got to build himself back up. Um but I don't think anything happens between these two or anybody and Kenny until they get to impact. And that's all done. I think that sounds pretty stinking accurate. Yeah. (laughs) It's just too cloudy to introduce anything else into this picture right now until those things are cleared out. Here's my, here's my prediction. Oh boy. Has nothing to do with Kenny Omega and Adam page. The end of that impact show, Kenny Omega is going to stand in that ring face to face with Kota Ibushi. Because oh. Kota Ibushi no longer holds that title. Kota Ibushi's hunger, 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 hungry. And I don't think they were looking to send him um, to the United States with that belt. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. True. So that is my prediction, and I think we're going to get a, a Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega at double or nothing, which could possibly be 
one of the first shows with fans, like not at Jacksonville. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, the rumors were that that's when they would look to kind of move uh, and do kind of like their first show outside of Jacksonville with fans in some sort of capacity. Um, Dear God, I don't want to be anywhere that looked like Texas Ranger Stadium (laughs) on opening day. But like if they, man, if they did something like double or nothing um, in Vegas at a 50% capacity, I'll even say 50%, I would be interested in going. Right. Because at that point, I'd be fully vaccinated, baby. Yeah, baby. I know I got at least six months. Who? So, yeah, that's it. That's I think that's all. That's a all, folks. Well, that is the show. Uh, I guess let's plug what we got to plug. Uh, go ahead, Kate. You got something you want to say? Sorry. I didn't mean to cut this off. I guess officially, or did we do this? At the, we might have done this at the start of the show. It's been a few hours. That NXT is officially moving to Tuesday is definitely worth noting because that frees up a whole lot of wrestling fandom and makes a lot of people's wrestling weeks very busy. <laughs> yeah, and even uh, tomorrow, actually, well, today, it's the 8th, <laughs> um, Impact officially moves to Thursday nights. So, you know, the schedules are already shifting. And I know, you know, there's maybe not a whole lot of people uh, who are watching Impact at the same level of, like, NXT or AEW. But, it is, I mean, listen, next week, everything changes. Yeah. And, um everybody's schedule shift and there's not really that much competition for main kind of TV shows, right? Like Monday nights, you know, you're going to have raw Tuesdays. You'll have NXT Wednesdays will be, uh, AEW Thursday. You'll have impact. And then Friday is what new Japan SmackDown, new Japan. Right. Well, um, I was, uh, SmackDown. Yes. But I was at least just throwing another, you know, kind of major promotion on a different night. So if you're not watching SmackDown, you know, you got New Japan out there. And uh, I didn't even yeah. mention Ring of Honor. Yes, you know? right. You're right. Yeah, there's time. Look, you didn't even mention NWA. You Tuesday night, right. you can watch NWA into NXT. Uh, Wednesday night, you can watch MLW into AEW. Like, there, there's so much wrestling. So much. So much. Uh, but that's it. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, or watching everybody on Facebook. If you're still with us, uh, <laughs> make sure to give us a follow on all social media. You can find us at Mark order pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, And uh, we're also on Facebook. Make sure you check out our Facebook. If you haven't, um, uh, if you haven't uh, give us a follow, you can also watch all of the podcasts there. We, uh, we leave them up so you can check them out. Um, jump in the shining wizards discord. Um, and then, uh, you know, talk with us at all sorts of times of the day and all of our sorts of channels. We have our AEW channel that we're super active in because we are obviously, uh, an AEW show, but there's also a WWE channel and NXT channel, NWA retro wrestling, everything else. We have our DDP yoga support channel. We have a book club. We have our general channel. We have a spoilers channel where all we talk about are spoilers, So it's a lot of fun and we have a great community there. Um, You know, we talk about Milwaukee Tom and Berg and Joey, uh, Joey Donuts out in Indiana, Uh, Ryan Schlong, 
everybody uh, who we kind of talk about on that sh- on this show is in that Discord. So jump on in; it's free. Uh, as long as you're not an asshole, you can stay and be friends with all of us. Um, check out the TikTok. Ant has put up some great TikTok dances that you can check out. Just amazing stuff. Uh, listen, <laughs> I, I have I have never used TikTok before, so I am still learning. Uh, there's a learning curve and, you know, I think it's fair to say we're, this is show two, right? So, um, we're going to be getting, you know, Twitter has been really active. We've been pretty active on Twitter. That's a no brainer. Um, you know, Instagram and TikTok, like we'll get more active on those things and Facebook, but all these places are meant to really be ways to interact with us. So talk to us, uh, respond back to posts. You know, if you're part of the Facebook, you know, leave comments, join a conversation, you know, we'll get more active and we're going to be putting up more content in the future. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, if you go to join the mark that's our website. Uh, we're going to be working on the website. So it'll become a little more friendly, but we have some ideas for signing up to, uh, to, you know, kind of like our mailing list and some cool ideas around that. So just continue to follow us. We're g- We got some good things that we're working on and uh Yeah. I don't know, Matt, you have anything you want to plug uh, for this coming Monday night? No. I have nothing okay. to plug for this Monday night. It'll be the post-WrestleMania week show. Uh, Tony's back. Um, so I guess if if you like listening to him, you know. You Happy belated birthday, Tony, by the way. He's so old. Yeah, he's yep. what, 109, I think? Yep. At least. Uh, oh. Is your uh, is your valet thirty four uh, finished? No, we're down to the finals. But your girl got bounced, homie. You want this whole this whole wanna, tournament is a you want to know why? Why? Because at Saturday night at two a.m., Lita hit that retweet button, and her fans were like boop 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 boop, and fucking smoked Liz out of the water. <laughs> the whole this whole goddamn thing is a sham. And um, it doesn't mean anything anymore. We get the people voted. Well, vote for Sher- goddamn sensational Sherry. You because not let Lita hear that. Vote for sensational Sherry. Here's the problem: <laughs> Lita went up against a bunch of people who don't have their own Twitter account because they're all dead. Well, no kidding. Sad. <laughs> It should have only gone one way, and oh, we know it. No. There's a good argument for Lita. She was with the Hardy Boys. She was with S.A. Rios. Edge. She was a good valet. Yeah, not as not as good as Liz. Why? What did Liz do? She was goddamn Liz. She was. She took her fucking skirt off and showed, uh, showed her bloomers to Million Dollar Man and Jesse Ventura at SummerSlam. She didn't take her shirt off like you did last week. You should have no. won that tournament. <laughs> I'm not a valet. I never managed anyone in my life. Uh, it's a shame. We'll, we'll be back. Not... Uh, what, Aunt? What kind of funniness are you going to throw at me? I was going to say, you're not management material, my friend. <laughs> That's right. I'm Mark Order material. Damn uh, right. We'll be back next Wednesday night, 1015, uh, on the rant, Facebook.com slash Mark Order Pod. What the fuck's our fi- I gotta write I gotta write all this down. Just that's go- that's it. That's right. But if you just search the Mark Order podcast on Facebook, you'll find us. Yeah. We're the only page. And we're t- and uh 
Uh, as much as we bust Tony's balls, thank you, Tony. Uh, we are now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Amazon. I don't know. We're all over the fuck. You can find the Mark Order podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, review, five star, whatever you want to do. Uh, we 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 love all the support. So thank you to everybody who's already followed us uh, on all of our socials and uh, is listening to us. We appreciate it.